The dogs are barking, or are they? I think they might be a little deflated, but we got a great show for you. I think it was AJ's finest performance. If he ends up passing away tonight, I think we can say that you did, you, you culminated your life's work. All right. So goodbye? No, I think he's going to make it, but you've got the testament here if he doesn't, and I tell you, I loved it. Now, we got two offers for you, and we'll keep this one simple. We told you yesterday, if you listened, Dream 60. Now, I just got word from Mary. We're breaking all records this year on the bracket, which means we're breaking all records ever for pregame. So, Fez, how does it feel that I only sell once a year and my thing I sell outsells your best? Feels good. Well, except mine's only $4 for our listeners. Yours is usually like an exorbitant fee. So maybe it's not much of a win for me. Still feels good. You know I me. Mean? I like when everybody here wins. I like I like the company win. I like when I win most. I like the rising tide and all the boats just swell up in the harbor. But you want to be on top of the boat with like with like people fanning you. I want a yacht. Exactly. <laughs> than the Another yacht. one. <laughs> a mansion and a yacht. He said. Okay. So what do you get? You get my bracket, but you get two brackets. You get the bracket if you're in a small contest. A bracket challenge, and you get the bracket on a big contest. What's the difference? How much variance are we assuming? Because you got to get riskier if you want to win amongst a thousand people or more. You get AJ's bracket. That's three of them, and you get it for four dollars. Why? Because it's sixty-four. Typically, you use Dream sixty. Sixty-four minus sixty is four, and then you get four additional things. four different times of the tournament, you get $10 off if you want to buy anything else. Can we discount it five more dollars? No. (laughs) Why would you think that? Oh, that we'd owe them money. Well, listen, they're getting enough, Fez. They're getting enough. And when you say we, you mean me. (laughs) (laughs) Could you see Fez going in his pocket to pay? No. All right. That, listen, it's a no-brainer. I mean, even if you're buying it for just the discounts and you don't like AJ's picks, but I like AJ's picks. And if you listened yesterday, you know you should. And today, I think it was even better. Thank you. What do you think, Scott? Yeah, he was better. So he was bad yesterday, you think? Never said that. Okay, I'm just trying. I actually heard you say that. Me? No, Scott. Scott. He was talking to Fez. Like well, after you're not the, supposed after to have your pod. ear up to the door. Scott, when we weren't supposed to tell the pod, him that. Scott was like, AJ sucked today. You didn't no, give him the no, secret no. files, did you? <laughs> Let's just say this. AJ was excellent today. And he was somewhat less than excellent yesterday, but he was <laughs> at least good. That's fair to say, right? I'll take it. If you have two days and one day's good and one day's excellent. That's a good that's a good average. Now there's another offer here. Dance twenty four. That's a coupon code. D A N C E. The big dance, right? But only dance, dance twenty four. And you get $24 off any of the all-access March Madness packages. Now, what do you get with that? All the NCAA tournament, all the NIT, all the BGIF. Oh, wait, is that the name of one of them? Yeah, I think so. Regional tournament. AJ, what's the other tournament? CBI? The, no, the CBI turned into the Basketball Challenge or something. Oh, what a name. Yeah. What a name. I, so they couldn't get a sponsor. I think that's the case. But they put lines up. There's lines. That's they're what, not playing till the weekend. That's perfect. Right. Whatever. Just more action. <laughs> I tell you this, back in the day when I was handicapping basketball, I loved the NIT. 
Everyone's focused on the NCAA. I'm on the NIT back in the day. I had a three-star play today. Was not on a play-in game. It was on an NIT game. Shocker. I bet it won. And I'm guessing it won. It won. I like it, baby. <laughs> All right. Dance 24. So typically, if you pay normal price, 149 gets you all access from any of the pros. You get it for 24 less. That comes to 125. Dance 24. Now, how are the pros doing? Good fella. Last 26 games, he won 22. Do the math. 22 and 4. Up 43 units this year. Griffin Warner, a recruit of AJ's. 7-0. You might 7-0. What's that mean? Okay. He's up almost 40 units this season. Andre Gomes. Yes, it's true. He's from Portugal. He knows all those European ways. Like, you ever hear French Kissing Fest? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Scotch is laughing. Andre Gomes, 24-8. and eight. One push run. He's up 33 units. Listen, you got your marching orders. Dance 24. And again, you get what you want. We just try to offer you the best deal. You know me. There's people. It's funny. Most people feel like an obligation to buy something at some point when they get so much joy. I don't think they should. Send me the money directly if you feel obligated. <laughs> no, no, no. I do. I will say this. Go tell a friend. If you don't buy either my March mat or my bracket, the only thing I sell all year for $4, Fez. That's sick. I should just give it to charity. Then I can say, you know, because it, it costs, it, it's not even worth it to me, but I do it for the people. What do you think of that, AJ? I, I, known, you're known as a man of the people. No, that's the thing. That's the only way I can connect no, is by true, giving actually. them. Yeah, you're right. No, I can connect. I mean, Fez is from Dayton, right? What does that mean? That means he knows he's, the, he's amongst the proletariat. You're, I'm sure you're aware Montgomery County is like the most middle America county with Dayton, Ohio resides. So First off, anyone I mi- represent America. Here's the thing. Anyone truly from middle America has no idea what the, 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 what you're talking, meaning they don't have some study that says the socioeconomic you know, distribution in Dayton. is No, 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 no. That means you're not part of that. It mimics the entire country, RJ. It's right in the middle. And how, how many days have you spent in Dayton in the last mm, five years? Zero point... <laughs> Zero. He's forgotten about it. <laughs> he wanted to get away from that. Do you ever see Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless yes. Mind? That's what he did about Dane. Yeah. Just right. kind of scrubbed out. <laughs> but he remembers the pizza. Marion's. <laughs> All right. He is not. Listen, don't don't send me the emails. I don't read many of them. Fez is not middle America. He knows it. Admit it. I admit it. All right. See the honesty? It's unbelievable. Dance 24 and Dream 60. And like I said, look at those runs. And AJ, obviously, if you doubted it from yesterday's mm, above average performance, this is going to convince you. Listen to the end. It gets better. And and I will say this. At the very end, we came up with regional bets. I love it. I love the portfolio. Enjoy. Day two, NCAA tournament. We're doing the Friday action. And AJ is ready to go. Have you slept since last night, AJ? A little bit. Just a little. Yeah. SOV ran a little late. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was, I knew I had a lot of work to do today. So fascinating. All right. He's to my. <laughs> we were looking for you to say no, but you slept what? We sleep in May, is what they say. God, you're going to get bags under your eyes. Probably. What are you going to do in April? Hmm. But we're worried about round one. Steve Fezzik is with us. Let's go, baby. (laughs) Scott Seidenberg is with us. I'm RJ Bell. 
let's keep this one simple. We got our rhythm down yesterday. Now we're going to keep it going. What do we do? We're going through all the games that go Friday. We're going to give you an ATS pick on every game. It will often be a lean, or as AJ calls it, a lean. Some of them will be likes. So you can lean a certain way or you like it. That's more. And then we'll have one best bet from each of us, from each of us, and a show best bet. Now, let's say AJ likes something, but Fezzik likes the other side. Which is the show pick? That's simple. We do it auction style. How much you willing to bet? 100, 200. Now, we had an auction yesterday, right? The Houston game. All right. And who dropped off? I can't remember. Uh, or if, I know AJ dropped off. I think we was hit, it a 400 or 500? Five? I think we had 500. And by the way, we should summarize all that before McKenzie's, I think, is in charge of the accounting there. Am I correct there? Well, uh, not, that we, not necessarily, but um, I think I'm going to have to take ownership of it. You but, and RJ had 500. Okay. I had 250, and Scott had 100. That's right. On 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 Houston. Okay. And you guys got Houston minus 19, lay 105. That's Correct. right. That's right. Yes. Boy, I've been hearing a lot of people picking Houston to win it all. Absolutely. I think they're going to roll. I well, think they're going to get beat out, right? Hey, well, <laughs> Fez is just obsessed with never playing a favorite. At some point, you got to live free, you know? Uh, I, 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 who, who lays more big on money no, lines no, no, no. than me? That's different. You, oh. you try to find a short thing <laughs> yeah. and lay, you know, minus 400. I'm saying lay the lumber, baby. Lay the sometimes, I you know me I hardly ever play favorites, but I think you got to play them sometimes. I'm just saying. One time I saw uh, Sanford and Sons, great show. You ever watch Sanford? Oh and Sons? sure. And uh, you know how Fred was kind of subversive. I mean, he was he's, Fred was uh, against the <clears throat> the machine. Okay, I'd say. And at one point he had a a, a mattress. And you know how mattresses have a little thing that says "Do not remove this." Under the power of law or something? $1,200 fine. Yeah, whatever yeah, it is. up to one year in prison. At the end of the episode, he's he's looking at it. He has his glasses on. <laughs> he rips it off, throws it away, goes, power to the people. <laughs> <laughs> well, power to the people. We're, we laid the lumber. Fez is saying, no, don't do it. Don't do it. But anyway, that way, whoever feels the strongest, that becomes the pick. And you know what? That encompasses our show. It's ethos in a nutshell. All right, what else are we doing? AJ's going to give us one matchup between one and eight, nine, one of those two that he thinks is going to be particularly interesting in round two that he'll have an angle on. He'll give us a one, four matchup for the next round and then a three, uh, three, two matchup. Why? Because you're filling out your bracket and you might as well have that info. And then at the very end, we're going to do our regional champs based upon the Vegas odds. We're going to pick the ones we would bet on. Though we won't necessarily bet all of them. Maybe we'll bet one. We'll figure it out. First game, though, Drake, Miami of Florida. I'll give you the opening number from the South Point, who did the Vegas openers. And Scott will give us the current number. Opening number, Miami favored by just one. We have South Point two and a half and twos across the board everywhere else. And that's Miami. Correct. Wow. Well, I can tell you this, AJ. A lot of sharps on Drake. I like Drake. There is a key injury for Miami, and it's Nomad, Nomad Osh, uh, Norshad Omir. Not easy for me to say. Maybe just say N-O. N-O. But it looks like it's becoming less and less optimistic that he's going to be able to play. He is their best interior scorer. He's their only effective rebounder, and he is what allows them to switch around on the outside. He's the he's the closest thing to a big they have. He's 6'7". 
uh, and he's very vital to them. Drake, so, so kind of like a Draymond Green situation where they play similar. small, but he can he can defend. But he can shoot. <laughs> oh, oh well, but he can defend better than his size. Yes. Okay. And Drake is a super experienced team. They're five starters. One is twenty. He's the coach's son. The rest of them are twenty four or twenty five years old. These are grown. Men are they Mormons? Have they come back? No, they, they're all playing in their like fifth and sixth year of college basketball, uh, and I think that this is a great matchup for Drake. I wanted a team that wasn't going to be able to like out athlete them, and Omir's questionable nature. Even if he does play, he's not going to be at a hundred percent. Uh, I love this matchup for Drake. Miami's failed to cover four games, their last four games, by an average of seven and a half. Now, how many has No been uh, uh, absent from? Uh, just the last game. He got hurt in the last game. So they were trending down even before yes. that. Okay. Wow. Well, to, like a N-O. Yeah, well, it makes it easier, right? No, I'm hoping no because I like Drake. Here's the thing. What he said was interesting, Fez, I think, which is, I was hoping that Drake would have someone that couldn't exploit a team, that couldn't exploit their weaknesses. By definition, these mid-majors are going to have weaknesses. There's never going to be a perfect team. Sometimes it's going to be a lack of size, right? Well, if you have a really big team, that better division or uh, power conference team might dominate. But then against another team, uh, Drake might win. So I think matchups are vital when you have one clear or at least one clear weakness. And I love the fact that I hear other sharps are on this, but I also love the fact that the weakness isn't easily exploitable. And, and Drake's weakness would be they're just physical Re- Rebounding, like athleticism. They are not an, a super athletic team. What do you think? I like it. I What I like also is the Missouri Valley Conference Championship. Uh, Drake played a very capable opponent. Help me, help me out. Bradley. Andy. Bradley. Smoked so another, them. Yeah, so, so both teams are like 25-win teams. Bradley has a very nice resume, not quite being good enough to be a tournament team, but you know certainly a top-60 team, and it was double digits at halftime. When I was watching that game, this Drake team looked just like a juggernaut. I love it. Scotty, any thoughts? Yeah, Drake, 13-1 and one straight up in their last 14 games, 8-1 and one against the spread in their last nine games. And it's the cliche, we're going to keep giving it out. 12 beats a 5, 32 of 37 tournaments. We've had a 12 seed beat a 5 seed. Now, I think this might well be a case. Let's give props because I know this opened, and, and some of the offshore, correct me if I'm wrong, I think DraftKings opened 3 on the Drake. Instead of one. Circa opened three. Yeah, Circa did. And I think it's an example with the South Point guy said no, it's going to be a no. And so we got to, this is a big loss and we're going to open at only one. DraftKings opened up at three and a half. And so they, so I think South Point did their homework and opened the real low number and everyone else opened where the number would have been with no being healthy. Well, but it seems like now at two and a half, it's splitting the difference. Yeah. I think on Friday, if they announce Omir's out, it's going to be a pick. Okay. Mm, So you look at him as potentially two, two and a half points. Okay, but this is this is assuming there's a 50-50 chance he can play, but there should be another uh, adjustment because even if he plays, he won't be a hundred percent. Especially considering if this is a team uh, in Miami, Florida that plays so uh, like five out type, you know, small yep. ball. Your mobility is vital. Absolutely. Right? So, okay, I like it, and this will be. Let's just say it now. This is going to be, I'm sure, one of our perspective. Uh, bracket buster type, you know, lower seeds. We have three of those from yesterday. Maybe I'll read those three off at some point if you haven't listened to it yesterday, but we don't want to encourage that kind of dereliction of duty. But for maybe. now, we love the Drake. <laughs> all right, we get it. Seinfeld, Fez, we get it. Indiana. <laughs> he was all trying to be cool. Indiana. <laughs> I hate the Drake. Indiana, 
Kent State, Indiana is favored by, or at the open, by five. Four, I, across the board. I lean Kent State plus four here. Kent is four and one ATS as an underdog, plus 12 point per game margin in those games. So they have covered easily as a dog. This is a team that lost by five points at Houston. They lost by seven at Gonzaga. Okay, so we're saying this in the NCAA tournament is effectively road games, effectively or not effectively against good competition. Uh, against at Gonzaga, the best. at Houston, that meet that criteria, they performed. Yep, they have two senior guards. Uh, that's their two best players, which is something that I love in a tournament team. Uh, the only thing that keeps this as a lean for me is that Trace Jackson Davis is one of the five best players in the country. He's he's Indiana's big man, and Kent State just has no size. They play as physically as they can. They're tough. They're gritty. But when they're matched up against elite well, does, size— Does Houston have size? No. Does Gonzaga? Drew Timmy. Okay. And he how went, did Timmy do in that game? 29 points, 17 rebounds in that game. All right. So maybe, Fez, maybe there's a hedged-type— Inversely correlated two bets here. One of them you take Kent. The second bet you take over that TJ Jackson Davis. Absolutely. And now it seems like you you have a better chance of winning both than losing both. I it. I agree. And and Jackson Davis is a ball hog. And and they <laughs> what what in, when the games leverage higher, he get he they just give him the ball intentionally. It's not his fault. I mean he, uh-huh. he the you're offense the runs usage, through him. You're saying the usage is going to be higher because through it's a big game. The roof. And, and like when they play Purdue, struggles, so the efficiency should be good against. The big yeah, man. yeah. So they like when they and he's not that good of a free throw shooter. So. They're probably going to be hacking him a lot, and he'll be on the line and, and accumulating all kinds of stats as well. Don't don't you think, AJ? I, I agree with that. All right. So, Mackenzie, can you see what the over under for this fellow is? I will guess it's is, twenty. What's Bobby Knight going to do? You think one and Bobby half. Knight won't be there? Oh, he won't. No. Ah. All right. So By the that, way, real critical. So this is one of the games I've identified as a late game on Friday where the public is going to bet on Jackson Davis because he is, you know what, Timmy's, Drew Timmy's wimpy, and Edie's just tall and a wall, but Jackson Davis is cool, RJ. He's the coolest player in this tournament, and everyone's going to want to bet on him in 640 on Friday. So we missed the the five. The pros said, we, give me, give me, give me this really good Kent team, plus five. I think we're going to get that five be icy calm, come back, yeah. icy calm, wait on it. So that's back to the theory we talked about yesterday. If you had any time you could bet these games, ideally it would have been right at open because it's going to be some softer lines. But after that initial couple hours, especially the next morning at wake up and then the big books or some of the bigger books are opening. I don't know if all the books opened the night before or not, but regardless, Monday morning by noon, the lines were shaped up, right? Yes. At that point, if your second choice to bet would be right before the tip-off because that it gives the public a chance to have their say. You're saying the sharp said five to four. You're saying the public's going to say four back to five, if not five and a half, so you can get the same number of, as the sharps. Exactly. I, I like it. Scott? A reminder of a stat that we gave out on yesterday's podcast. Over the past four tournaments, 12 of the 16-4-13 matchups have been decided by single digits. It's the closest of any matchup in the tournament. The most single-digit results of any matchup, even the 8-9s. Most of any matchup. 
four thirteens. You had a good stat too that the Friday the dogs do better, right? That the dogs come yeah. like fifty eight percent. Traditionally, the last five years. what's happening is the the favorites are doing well on Thursdays and the underdogs are doing well on Fridays. Uh, From what years? Since 2017, on Fridays, the favorites are 125, 143, and 3 ATS. Hmm. Okay, so not 58%, but, you know. Um, well, what's the rationale, you think? Uh, inflated I think, point spreads on Friday. Yeah, public An betting. Public betting. I never thought of that. That's interesting. Especially since the favorites do well on Thursday. They have a winning record on Thursdays, on the Thursday of the tournament. So the public sees all the favorites winning on Thursday. They bet the favorites on Friday. And the bookmakers see all the favorites winning and like, well, i got to keep my job. i got to get Or in theory, there could be parlays in action too, Exactly. Right? Yeah. And if they're winning the first yeah. bet, they are exposed. Okay. Yep. That's fascinating. I might write that one down. Um Fez, I tend to like, so hedge funds, people say hedge fund and they think, oh, it's high finance and it's fancy schmancy millionaires. And, and that's true for sure in billionaires. But what is a hedge fund? By definition, what it's supposed to be is no matter which way the market moves, it's market neutral. Market goes up, they've got an edge. Market goes down, they have an edge. It's like the bookie, right? The bookie has an edge regardless. I don't see many serious betters or any betters doing inversely correlated things. People love correlation, but what do you think of the idea of, okay, we got two bets and let's just say if it was evenly distributed, it'd be 25, 25, 25, 25, the four possible outcomes, right? Both win, both lose, one win, one loses and flip that, right? Right. Let's say you've got, and I'm just going to throw these numbers out, a 30 and 20 when it comes to scooping or losing both or getting scooped, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say the middle is... Yeah, yeah. That is hugely profitable if you just bet both of those. You know, you don't want to parlay these at all, right? The theory sure. is it's not going to go 2-0 too often, but it's going to go 2-0 more often than 0-2, enough to make up the VIG. Do you like that generally? Love it. I, I'll give you an example. So Purdue in the Big Ten title game, there was a rogue number where I could get the Penn State the dog. I can't recall if it was plus six. I'm, I'm blanking on what the point spread was. But it was way better than market, all right? Mm -hmm. But I could get Purdue on the money line, like minus $1.90. It was a really cheap money line on Purdue. And you know what? I, I, I kind of like the Purdue bet. I probably would have bet it for, like, pizza bet, half a unit. I kind of like the Penn State bet, half a unit. But the fact I could make both of them simultaneously, I bet four units on each one of them. Because of, with money management, and, and sometimes if it's a riskless arbitrage— then you lever up as much as you can because it's like a scalp is what they call it in betting. In this yep. case, you're saying just mathematically it's a good bet. Played for the middle. Yeah. And just just like risk the same amount on each bet. Yes. That's well, we did that with Michigan State. Yeah. Because we got but, we got a great number on the Michigan State money line. Yeah. So we laid minus 180, 80, like yeah, minus 185, to minus 200 in the Michigan State money line. And then we took back Ohio State plus six and a half and Ohio State killed them. <laughs> yeah. Well, good thing we took back. <laughs> yeah. But, but in theory... And, and here's the beauty of it. There's certain complicated financial things that only the elite people even understand that it's a, let's say, riskless opportunity or low risk. Something like this. We know there's a chance it's going to hit that corridor. We generally know what the chance of it hitting one, two, three, four, five, six, whatever is in a college basketball game. Thus, if you win or lose, it doesn't really matter because you have a Theo that you're going to hit in the long term. Yes. A theoretical hold. And this, or not holding this case. And, and, this, and this enables you to, to, to juice your volume up, up, up. And then so if you hit your Theo and you, you're earning, you know, 1.75% or whatever of what you're betting, well, here's, here, here's a quick, you know, big volume increase to that. AJ, if this game, now I want you to think about this. If this game were the regular season, 
What would the line be? Five. So you don't, because I'm hearing people say that in a lot of these games where you have a big name against a lesser name, lesser conference, the Lions are depressed greatly. That that game like game like this might be, and I'm not saying this game because I'm not an expert on these teams or any of these teams. Eight maybe. Like I, I think something to take into consideration, and part of why that happens is think about Indiana didn't win their conference tournament, so their analytics froze at one point. Like their mm-hmm. Ken, their Ken Palm rating froze at one point. Mm-hmm. Kent State won four games in a row in the MAC tournament, so their analytic ratings kept going up, up, up. So they they caught. Indiana. They got closer to Indiana than they were two weeks ago. Oh, you're saying something right here. All right. So if the only way you can get in the tournament is winning your conference tournament, all right, would Ken have made it if they didn't win their conference tournament? No. No. Okay. So that's the only way they're getting in. That presupposes that they're going to win X number of games in a row beforehand. That four, you say. Okay. Now, these teams like Indiana didn't have to win their conference tournament. Thus, some will have won, some maybe not. But if their Ken Palm is, like you said, they lose the last game, other team wins four in a row. If this line was, if this game was a week ago, the line would be higher, right? Yeah. Yes. All right. So now the question is, isn't that forcing us to play recency, almost a recency bias where we're forced to play with these dogs, a lot of teams on hot streaks, which means they're uh, they're valued more than they would have been and maybe incorrectly so. Yes, and that's why you have to look at the dog you're looking at and in the case of Drake and Kent State, we we have two teams that just absolutely kick some serious ass in their tournaments and are worthy of power rating upgrades. They didn't just win by 1 point, 3 points overtime to get to this tournament. So teams that got lucky in a way yes. to win, other teams shot really cold whatever, they're getting upgrades that maybe aren't Undeserved, warranted. Undeserved, that's right. But they, they, but these two teams in particular, I think are very worthy of big upgrades. So think about Kent State when they started the MAC tournament, they were 79th in Ken Palm. By the time they won the MAC tournament, they're now sitting at 71 in Ken Palm, which is basically a full point upgrade from from where they were. So Fez, if it's the regular season, I say, hey, I got a dog I like, but I got two of them, and I like them equally, two separate games. But in one, the dog lost last game, and they've won two out of four, and the other dogs won four straight. Your thought is you don't want the four straight winner, uh, typically. On a neutral site, you, that that would be right. At home, I'd be fine with it because they'd be in a momentum situation. Yeah, but, but uh, I don't want any part of them on the road. That's right. Yeah, so I guess what I'm saying is, in a way, we're being forced into playing hot dogs if we want to play dogs on a lot of these that were for. That's the only way they could make the tournament was to win out in their NCAA or in their uh, conference. That is correct. Yes. Hmm. I never have thought of that. Wow. You know, I have actually, I got a trend here. All right. If you take a, and I don't know, maybe we could double check you guys if this qualifies. Both these teams might qualify. If you take a dog, uh, but it's six and a half or more points, but is the sweet spot. So a dog of six and a half or more. So these two teams wouldn't qualify. But I like the logic behind every any dog. Mm-hmm. If they win three straight games by 10 plus points, mm-hmm. blowout, blowout, blowout. Mm-hmm. And then they're catching points. In this case, six and a half or more. They're 16 and two against the spread. Wow. Three, there's three qualifiers. See, I would have thought almost the opposite Me too. of that. Me too. So here's teams, basically, what we're saying is they're better than what we, we we thought they were for them to roll in their conference tournament. The three qualifiers, obviously, these two teams we spoke about, Drake doesn't qualify and Kent doesn't qualify because they're not catching six and a half. The qualifiers are Colgate, Vermont, and Iona. All right, so you're sticking with – so this is a matter of the matchup against Jackson Davis causes you a little concern. Yes. So you lean towards Kent, but you don't like him. 
I have heard a lot of love of Kent. I mean, so they're the only team in the MAC that's like that plays defense. Everybody else is up and down. They don't care about defense. Any other MAC team well, had Mac, won the. Isn't it called MAC Action or something? Yeah, Action. And Matt action. And, and Toledo gave you some action today. If, AJ, congrats on your over. Yep. Yeah. Yep. If any other team had won the MAC they would be looking to get their heads kicked in against one of these better teams. <laughs> but because they got it, like for a mid-major who, who is going to compete, you have to do something unique or different. If you, if you, if you go up against a big 10 team without big 10 players and you play big 10 style of ball, you're going to lose. It just, it doesn't work. I was hearing a, a pretty high level discussion about which of these underdogs, what are the pro, what's the profile of an underdog that covers in the tournament? What qualities do they have? And what the group was saying was that they better play defense. Mm. That that pretty much now you got some big teams, big time teams, division or or big conference that maybe are offense only and they can be competitive, right? But if you're gonna be physically, I guess by definition, outmanned if you're in a smaller conference, offense enough isn't it. Right? It, it, offense isn't enough alone. Correct. Would you agree with Absolutely. that? Absolutely. So is there a way to use Ken Palm and say uh, they got to be ranked in the top X for me to be looking at the dog seriously? Like, where would you say that break point is of like if they're in this top of uh, X number that, that hey they're playing enough defense for me? That's an interesting thought. Uh, I would guess. I mean, if if you're top fifty in defense, you're a legitimately solid defensive team. All right. So, can you you mind taking a gander and seeing what Ken is? Just thirty eight. Okay, that's interesting. So you're saying that 38 is noteworthy how good they are yeah. on D. Especially for a team that played a schedule that includes teams like Houston and Gonzaga. Like that's they held Gonzaga to 73 points. They held Houston to 49 points. Mm-hmm. Like they are a legitimately good defensive Gonzaga team. Gonzaga gets 80 against everybody. McKenzie, can you uh look ahead on Ken Palm and for the dogs the rest of the way just get do a one-sheeter with their defensive rating? Thank you. Next game, VCU, St. Mary's. St. Mary's opened a four-point favor. And it's four across the board. I like VCU, and I like under 123 in this game. So I've got two likes on this game. Uh, Is it correlated? Yes, I think so. St. Mary's struggles against the press. They have seen it in the last three games, and they've averaged 11 turnovers a game. Scott and McKenzie and I were there for the WCC final and Gonzaga made it hell for them to get it up the court. So the MO for St. Mary's is get into the front court, pass the ball around for 20 seconds, and find the perfect shot. What VCU does and what Gonzaga did in the last game is they take 10 seconds off the shot clock because they're going to make you work your ass off to even get into the front court and so set we up your offense. So we were debating this yesterday. Does pressing lead to more points or less points? And we th- think, oh, the style of press has something to do with it. <laughs> right. And this sounds like one that isn't as aggressive, but ra- so they don't get beat as much. But they're, it's like a conservative press. Yes. And, okay. and St. Mary's is not the type of team when they beat the press that they're, they're, they're going to push the edge. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're not running. Uh, so they also have a freshman point guard, a freshman ball handler. That makes it tough on St. Mary's when you, you've got 10 less seconds on the shot clock, like I said. Uh, and St. Mary's struggles against athleticism. They don't see a lot of it in the WCC, save when they play Gonzaga, and we just saw Gonzaga kick their heads Now, in. I'm always worried about 
playing against a team after a uh, such a public, such a smashing. Yeah, and it, it was a featured game of the night. Yep. Right. I, I'm not saying that invalidates his play, but in general, I don't like that. But it, it was, could be perceived to be a dream crusher. Also, that's that, what I'm saying. It was so bad, maybe it demoralizes. I them. think St. Mary's before that game, if you ask them, can you win it all? That they'd I think say, they thought we yeah. can, and now no one, no one would, no one will pick St. Mary's in any pool when they they would have been picked on like three percent of the entries if they would have beaten Gonzaga. St. Mary's went from thirty to one to win the title to fifty to one after that game. <laughs> one game. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what do you think? But see, in a way, that's my point about we're buying high, fading them. But I think the matchup trumps that because I think the matchup. I've heard this multiple places. The physic, like you said, the defense, the physicality, the pressure. It's just perfect. It's a perfect uh, opponent for St. Mary's. Ace Baldwin is one of the better press defensive guards in the country. And like I said, the the point guard for St. Mary's is a freshman. He's a very good freshman, but he's playing in his first tournament game, and he has this guy just swamping all over him. I think it's a. I think it, the matchup is a nightmare. I think the venue is really good, also for VCU. Uh, you've got a California team that has to fly all the way across the country. I know it's Friday. It's an early start time, 11 a.m. Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, Scott, but the New Yorkers, they're not going to like this flaky California beach kid team, are they? <laughs> it's Albany, though. It's not. This is the Madison Square Garden. But they're still going to. They, they prefer like the meat and potato VCU team versus these California flake kids, right? Sure. I, I would assume that Virginia Commonwealth would have more fans there. Yeah, but but I guess your point is if there's locals there. Yes. Yeah. Fez loves to break down the the, the psychographic. Like, I'll be honest. Psychographic. What was the What was the St. Mary's fan support here in Vegas? None. There was none. Like I didn't see anyone wearing like St. Mary's gear. Like it was a it was a Gonzaga Apparently home it's game. It's illegal to wear a cross even. Oh really? In the in I was unaware. What, what is the St. Mary's seed? What seed number? There are five. How the five? Yeah. So well, in general, the, the the crowd turns I, I on the better seeded team. I've seen this right, numerous tournaments. I disagree with what you just said. Is how the hell are they a five? Because they, I mean, I know why they're a five. They put together a really good resume. I know. Before until the they, last couple until they got their what teeth. What you're saying in. is a squares thing, man. One game is going to dictate everything, huh? I watched the game. Okay. I oh, test oh, RJ. Oh, well, then there you go. There you go. You know, to, to what, back to what AJ was saying, you know, even in the semifinals, St. Mary's had a big lead. Against BYU, yeah. And then, and then BYU is garbage. It gets down like 18, they start pressing St. Mary's. St. Mary's can't handle it. It's like literally they're they're, they're trying to give the game away, and, and the double-digit lead disappears. And so who did they draw? The best press defense in That's mid-major. That's what I'm saying. So, so far today, Fez, you called someone a wimp. <laughs> that plays Division One college basketball. Like was a national player of the year. He's a wimp. Yeah, and now you've said, you've said the BYU's horrible. Anything else? They are horrible. Other, I, I insulted you have this, any other religions you want. I believe like, I insulted the entire state of California. <laughs> there you go. There you go. The fifth largest economy in the world, I yes. think, or six. I'm not sure. Okay, is this going to go into? Because this feels like it's going to be my biggest first half under parlay. Is there any reason not to look at this? Do you see VCU? It feels like against press in general, teams get used to it. I mean, if you tell me if they press the whole game, are they going to have more effect in the first half or second half? I think typically teams more in the first half. Because whatever the lack of familiarity is, it they become more familiar as the game passes. Would you agree with that, AJ? I do generally agree with that, though – in the uh, Atlantic 10 championship game, I had a best bet on VCU minus two. Mm-hmm. 
And they were like, but the difference is they're playing a team they play twice a year. This is the third time they're playing. Yeah, right? yeah. So the, I'm not the, sure there'll be much difference between the first and second half because they're familiar already. Okay. The right? one thing that did happen in that Dayton game, and maybe Dayton was fatigued, but this VCU style defense wears you out. So it's really hard to score at the end of the game. The Flyers missed their last 15 shots. Okay. Well, the question becomes is it worth more the fear? Because remember, if the line's minus four and we like the dog. It's sitting right in that corridor phase that you don't like, which is, hey, there's not, it could be a one possession game. Yeah. Well, I guess in a way, if we're going under, that doesn't bother us, right? Because, I mean, you're saying a one possession game goes to the under. But the, but we lose in overtime. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. But I mean, yes. I got to be honest with you. Anytime I hear I saw this one game, <laughs> it, in general, I quit listening. So, I'm not so worried about how so and so did against him at the end of the game. I well, guess let me we, be fair. So, yeah. so, St. Mary's played Gonzaga three times this year. All mm-hmm. right. They got their ass kicked all three times. All right. They won one of them. I, RJ's looking What's this got like, to do wait. with VCU? This has everybody. I'm talking about St. Mary's. Okay. I just think, I think St. Mary's should. AJ had Gonzaga plus four. I had Gonzaga plus four. Gonzaga had the game one, and I won't go into all the details of what happened, but St. Mary's won in overtime. If Gonzaga sweeps St. Mary's, St. Mary's is 0-3 against Gonzaga, and now they're they're an 8 seed, and no one's power rating them through the roof like they are now. So there's a system play on defensive dogs in the NCAA tournament, and what clarifies into this system is you have a defensive team, obviously, as an underdog, but the defensive team is coming off a game in which they allowed under 60 points. Okay, so how do we define a defensive team? Just what their previous performances are. Okay. So, well, what's like, the is criteria? there a number that? Well, it's just if they allowed under sixty points in their previous game. All right. So it doesn't matter if they gave up hundreds of points prior. It's just the previous game. Sure. Okay. I'm just trying to. So understand. VCU gave up fifty-eight or whatever, fifty-six. Okay. I think it was in their in their conference championship game. Hmm. These teams in the NCAA tournament are covering fifty-seven point four percent, and in the first round they're covering fifty-five percent, eighty-eight, sixty-eight, and four. Okay, so what is VCU on Ken Palm's D? Let's look at that first. And then I got McKenzie looking at first half, second half splits for these two teams. 17th. All right, so this is certainly a defensive team. Yeah. They're off a good performance. They are, that feels right. They are sixth in forcing turnovers. Okay. All right, so let's do this. We're going to leave this open if it's first half or game. We think there's a co- – now, the correlation is what? Is that in general? If St. Mary's doesn't have time to set up their offense, mm-hmm. they struggle to score. All right. And that's VCU and I think covers v- more, and the under happens. And VCU so is play- going to struggle to score. So, VCU is not going to score a bunch of points. So we could play VCU first half to the under first half, and we could play VCU game plus the points the with the under for the game. They're, so you, they're both correlated. Yeah, but you're saying play both. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, so this is a rare case, at least your initial thought, and we'll get the splits first half, second half, is the first half unders that we were worshiping at the altar of, you're saying this is an exception. I that, still Not like that it. we don't like it, but it might be about equal yeah. to the, the the game. And why why is that? Because you the think Dayton, the press the, the built fact, the fact that, that The fact itself? that Dayton couldn't score in the second half. Maybe I'm being biased by yeah, one so game. We'll, how's this sound? Let's leave this open, and then we'll get McKenzie. We'll get the first half, second half numbers for us. Yeah. Okay. But... We know for the game, VCU, and the under is a pick by itself from AJ, and this is going to be very likely another upset potential pick. That's number two. Now, the total is really low. This is like one of the lowest totals for the tournament. 123 was the open. What do we got? What, 123. 123. I'll take that. Okay. Iona, Connecticut. Connecticut, a four seed, I hear. 
Well, at least that's what the brackets say. And I'm hearing that's very underseated. I'm interested to see. They opened up an 11-point favor. Nine and a half and nine. So nine at the South Point, nine and a half. And there's As you might be different... booking another favorite here there's... or dog here. Yeah, there's a book. All these books are trying to decipher right now between nine and nine and a half. I lean to UConn here. They have elite size uh, everywhere, but specifically down low. And... The two best players for Iona are their two bigs, Nelly Jr. Joseph, seven-footer Osborne Shima. Those guys are key on both sides, but they're going to be in foul trouble because they, they're going to be overwhelmed on the defensive So end. you're not going to say Patino's name at any point? He's the reason why I lean. That's what I'm saying. I haven't heard his name yet. Well, I, 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 Let's hear it. Uh, it's that's a, the story here. It's right? a lean. That's the story. Here, it's a lean right? because there's a massive coaching advantage for Iona over yeah. UConn. But how much does that edge disappear with the players mm-hmm. knowing that he's leaving? Mm-hmm. I have an idea, which this. hasn't been announced. Yeah, I don't know. They know heavily rumored. Yeah, no, but that, that's the the story. Is he's on his way out? So here's my idea, and we'll get the rest of AJ's handicap. I think we look at Iona on the money line. All right, follow me. And I didn't. Oh, I'm sorry. It. All right. And then I think we look at Connecticut to cover. My rationale here is this, and maybe even Connecticut on an alternative line. And I'm not sure how much they offer that. Like, if I want to lay 15, 17, I'm assuming it's out there, right? I'm sure. You're saying it's a heavy tail game. Yes. And I'm not even sure. I just put the Iona maybe just enough to cover my bet. So I break even if Iona covers, or, or I'm sorry, if they win. But I think this is what's going to happen physically is if they're in this game, the Connecticut's going to get really tight. Patino's players are going to feel like, yes, he is leading us to the promised land. They're going to believe, and it's going to be competitive. But if they get down 12, 14 with like 10 minutes left, and he's on the way out the door, I think they're going to be looking around like, what the hell? He's not helping us, and I think they get run out of here. Interesting. So, so, so to me, it makes me like Connecticut the most, but I could see a scenario that Connecticut gets tight late if it's a close game. So maybe hedge out with, all right, let's just use round numbers. Let's say put a thousand on the ATS Connecticut, maybe spread that out amongst some alternatives, you know, and get bigger payouts. And then whatever it takes to win a thousand on the money line on Iona, bet that pittance. And now, at least you got yourself covered. Just in the worst case would be obviously you, you, you lose every bet. <laughs> yeah. well, it, you know, it's the like. I mean, there's like a forty-four percent chance that happens. Yeah, and there's a, a a great chance if they cover. Well, if they cover and cover and win by more than fifteen, you're going to win more than a hundred percent, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but I, I guess the question is, do you think if they're down ten with with five minutes left, that Iona that they're going to that they will play just as effectively? as any time during the game. Now, this is a really great question, and here's my problem, and maybe we could look at the schedule for Iona because this is a team I've been following for a while. This is the first power conference team Iona's played all season. So the money has come consistently on Iona for the last two months, all right? Every game, the wise guys bet Iona, literally every game. Guess what? How have they done? They've done great. They're they're on against the the spread roll, but guess what? Every game they're laying 12, Mm -hmm. 8, 15, so they're in, this is a totally new environment. Like AJ said, I don't recall Iona playing anybody good all year long. So what, let's take a look at Iona. Their best opponent is New Mexico, who's 52nd in Ken Palm. And they lost that game by eight. All right. So, Fez, I, it feels like Iona's won a lot of money as a favorite. 
and in general, wise guys tend to keep betting a team that wins for them, right? So in a way, does this move from 11 to 9 make you think it's you know really sharp, or does it feel like maybe a continuation of a trend? I think continuation, that this has been, like you said, team that makes me money. I think this is one of these spurt, spurtability teams that like goes on 10-0 runs like crazy. Um they, in the in the old days, we wouldn't have all the games on TV. We just watched the ticker. I'm old enough, and like if this is the type of team. It's like I own a 36, their opponent 33, and then all of a sudden it's 46, 33 consistently. So they're a bully. They beat up on bad teams. So okay. if you do look at that, remember that kill shot stat that I gave out yesterday from Evan Miyakawa with the amount of 10-0 runs that you go on. Yes. Mm-hmm. I own a second most in the country 10-0 runs per game. Yeah, and I'm obviously strength of schedule is the question. Yeah, but sure. Amongst amongst their all right. We got some info on this VCU St. Mary's from McKenzie. This may swing us away from the first half. So if you look at the first half, VCU is plus 3.3 points on the season. St. Mary's is plus 6.5. In the second half, VCU is 5.2. St. Mary's is 4.4. So if you add it up, all right, 2.5 points more from St. Mary's. So it's going to be natural. They're going to be bigger in the first half. But they're bigger in the first half against their second half and VCU's vice versa. Yeah. And St. Mary's is, is three points better in the first half, and VCU's one point better uh-huh. than their opponents in the second half, so I think that puts the kibosh on the first See, half. See, I, I would say maybe. Mm. Here's the question. If if we look at St. Mary's when they aren't up by 30, because by definition, if they're up in the la- in the second half by 30, which they were a lot this year, right? I don't think so because they play so slow. They're like they had a lot of games that are up like twenty six to, to nineteen. They don't get they don't build big leads. They play too slow. Well, I mean, what was it? their margin of victory is eleven? That's all yeah. games. So I they're mean, never up fifteen. They don't play fast. They're never I mean, up they beat, fifteen. They, but beat, they win by eleven. They beat Pacific eighty three fifty two. They beat Portland eighty one sixty four. So that's like the second biggest win. They beat Pepperdine seventy three forty four. Oh, I was I, I thought you were talking about St. Mary's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's I was just a, trying to get a feel. Um, but you would agree if if we could and we can't because we don't have play by play. If we could remove the game state when they're up huge, it I, might be different. Sure. Right? But at minimum, we know VCU's better in the second half. Yes. Okay, which tells me we might look for the full game on this one. We might look at full game, and you know, if VCU gets down double digits, we might bet them the second half because I already saw a Pepperdine team clobber St. Mary's down double digits in the second half. All right, so let's make this official unless anyone disagrees. We'll make VCU a game bet and also the under a correlated. So we'll go both of those and a correlated parlay on them. So three bets. Yeah, but, but yeah. you know, money management-wise, I think two units spread out amongst the three bets, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. So two units of action. And, we'll you know, if we split them, we lose like a half or a 0.6 units. And if we win both, it's going to be a little jumbo payout. All right. I like Connecticut on an alternative line. Um, Mackenzie, I know you got a queue of things. If you can, maybe. Well, I guess where's the. Where's, I can pull it up. You can? Yeah. All right, thank you. Continue. Let's see if we got anything. All right. So, what do you think, AJ, of Connecticut plus 200 laying. Or, I'm, yeah, plus 200 laying extra lumber? No, I, I can see them running this team out of the gym, but I worry. Because, again, Dan Hurley's such a dummy coach. He is good. <laughs> so, how are they so good? Because he's got great players. Okay. But uh, it feels like every big game he's good for a late technical foul where he like he just throws a fit and it just gives 5 points to the other team. It's it's absurd. So if you want to lay 14 and a half, yeah. you can get plus 205. 
Okay, that, that's interesting. If you want to lay 15 plus 235? No, Ooh. thank you. See, the problem with the, what's the take back on this? Give us the, the bid and the ask. So if UConn minus 14 and a half is plus 205, Iona plus 14 and a half minus 255. Yeah, so there's a 50 cent straddle, and I know that there's what reasons to preserve the, the, the Vig. Well, here, here's what I don't like it's, it's the tournament. I got like 88 outs, okay? Uh-huh. I got reduced Vig outs. I got alter. I, I got, I, I'm getting. Do you realize that? This is you, and the, the but, average batter is if they can get a plus two oh five on something they like, you know. But go ahead. But, well, but, but but I can't get any help on this alternative. So like there'll be like three books that offer it, and they're all going to be like plus two oh five at best, plus two ten, and I'm getting raped by fifty cents bid ass differential. No one can win playing into that kind of vig. <sighs> that kind of well. So what's the hold? I mean, let's think about this now. Twenty. Oh, thank you. Twenty cents. Is is break the break point is like what one seventy or it goes to fifteen at one sixty goes to twenty yeah. at one eighty five. We, we've right? had yeah, and I've never given her an adequate answer. The Theo hold for the bookmaker, I think, it wouldn't be much difference. It still would be right that four point five percent. But the but but the beatability aspect of it just goes down 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 when there's a fifty cent straddle like this. So the Hurley thing, it seems like if they're up by. 15 he's not going to be all that mad if but it does speak to the idea of my, maybe i own i don't want to bet i own it to win the game just because it feels like you're betting into the squares part of this which is oh patino's going to do something i think that the likelihood that this lands five points from the number one way or the other is high i agree i agree so i, no, I liked no, your you, general philosophy of, no you don't agree you disagree no i no. think it, landing five points from the number i think it could be a 20 point win easy but no but aj didn't say that i think you just said no it. i did I, it could be a 20 point win or it could be a three point so you win. think the likelihood it lands within five of the numbers un, it's, it's, unlikely. it's unlikely okay i'm sorry i misheard yeah you, you gotcha no worse so um I mean, I or another way, it's a high variance game. Yes, yes, that's the best way to put it. And I think emotionally, like if you ask, if you put these Iona kids on a lie detector, do you think you can win this game? I think it's yes. I think if when the point comes in the middle of the game or in in the game, if it does that, they're not going to win. I think they get deflated major. And I think Connecticut's probably sick of hearing about Patino, and they wouldn't mind running it up. That's what I think, but. I, I agree with you. Maybe the or I, I don't love a fifty cent straddle. I, and I, I I think like intuitively, if you said if you gave me two to one on Connecticut winning by five to fifteen points, okay, so I'm saying it's about a one third chance. I think that's a pretty fair price. You know what I think we should do? Give me an offer. What you want? That what you feel? Because I'm pretty sure you wouldn't mind laying two twenty on the no with me, right? So if you give me two twenty, I'll let you have most of the straddle. And I'll just do uh, I'll just do two hundred to win uh, what four forty. Yeah, so I got Iona minus yeah. fourteen and a half four forty. I'm sorry, so uh, minus two. Uh, I'm going to get plus two twenty. I'm asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's yeah. good. So, so, so it'd be so I got to risk uh, two two hundred win four forty for me. Yeah, exactly. Right. So you got you got the plus fourteen. You, you got the minus fourteen and a half uh-huh. uh, plus the two twenty. All right for two hundred. Yes, I think you got a two twenty. I think you get a split crowd in this game also. Both, I mean, the, yes. Albany is about two, two and a half hours from each location. So it's not like... Yeah, but no... Connecticut has more of a crowd base. For sure. Is that but... a green button or not? Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I'm just, I don't think it's going to be like a distinct... Uh, maybe maybe it will be because they'll, they're more likely to spend the money. But if you're an Iona fan and they're in the NCAA tournament, yeah. it's two hours away. Yeah. You're going to the game. There's a comp from last year for a coach who's probably heading out. If you remember, after St. Peter's beat Kentucky and then beat Murray State, mm-hmm. 
the the entire week between then and the next game was they were already saying Shaheen Holloway is going to Seton Hall like mm-hmm. the job's his. Mm-hmm. And then they they came back and they beat Purdue. Everyone was like, well, if they if they think their coach is leaving, they're not going to play hard. Well, the difference is that Patino was probably on the way out. He probably has the deal already negotiated, and they knew they kind of knew it before, right? And I'm not sure how it affects things, but in a weird way, if you're winning and maybe your coach is going to get to go because you're winning, you almost are proud of it in a way, right? You don't want him to go, but so I don't know. I think it's apples to oranges because exactly what you said. You had a situation with St. Peter's with the greatest basketball weekend of school's history. That's not a situation where the, where the, the kids are going to be down and depressed. For, yeah, for the I next think Patino was known as a mercenary way back when. I mean, with the Knicks, I remember him losing easy championship games with Kentucky. <laughs> the guy's not that good of a coach. I mean, he's a good coach. Patino, but 40, 42, 31, and 1 ATS in the NCAA tournament. 57, 53%. That's pretty good. 57.53. I have, listen, if, if you want. How mommy was a guy like this in football? You get these outlaw types that will come in and 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 turn a a nascent program, a program that really isn't a program, around with the force of his brand and personality. Iona never talked about them in basketball. He shows up now. We're talking about him. That to me is different than going to uh, Kentucky, which already has that, and now can you build upon it? Which he did a fine job as a young guy. Then he went to Boston. I don't know. I mean, there's a reason he's at Iona. <laughs> I mean, there's, he's a flawed character. Maybe um, he just likes Mariano Rivera's Steakhouse. Well, I would too. What state is Iona? They have a special New York. It's, uh, cutter, New York right? it's New Rochelle, New York. Yeah, thank you. They have special cutters there. That's that's very clever. Uh-huh. <laughs> AJ, why don't you jump on this alternative? Put a hundred on it. You like uh, this? Fez will book it. Oh, I, yeah. I don't like either side of it. I just don't. I don't trust Hurley against Patino. Like you'd say, he's not that good of a. Co- I'll give he's you a way plus, better coach. I'll give you plus two twenty five. Wait, what did you give RJ? Two twenty. So now you're going to give him two twenty five? Yeah, because I'm embarrassing because he's still going to say no. at fourteen and a half. Yeah. You want? I'll take two twenty five. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're going to take a hundred. Yeah, give me a hundred. Give me a hundred on it. I'll take a hundred on it. Too. All right, <laughs> you guys both got a hundred. You get you get the plus two twenty. This is, just because this will be this will be the answer to a trivia question. Everyone write this down because one day when we said what was the one time RJ got a worse number than Scott made? <laughs> yeah. This is it. Just say the Rick Patino game. Except I'm taking ten percent of the win for these two. <laughs> now I will say this: you look like an old bookie, not old, but like an older bookie when right. Down. So he writes it down and he hunches his neck over when he's right. It's a weird little look you got. You don't ever write like that unless you're booking something. I've like I got my little green button. I, was about to say, I got my green, green pen. Yeah. I got my green pen. I got three green button notes. I don't like bookies. I don't I mean listen, maybe maybe Fez is comfortable with this. Where'd you get that accountant hat with the green visor? Yeah. <laughs> maybe Fez is comfortable. Cockroaches. Cockroaches. Yeah. I'm not. All right, next game. So we're gonna go. You gotta lean on that. Where's your lean towards? Lean to Yukon. I like that. And you have money now in Yukon. Lean no, even more. The power of the take back. Next up, Purdue. Now this game is a play-in special, so we'll just see what you think of these playing teams. Purdue, and it's a winner of Fairleigh Dickinson and Fairleigh Texas Dickinson. Southern. Fairleigh yeah. Dickinson didn't even win in their conference tournament. Did not win their conference How'd this tournament. This happened. Uh, so they were that good to get an at-large. No, no. Mary Mac Mar- uh, doesn't qualify. They had a team ineligible to win the the conference tournament who won the conference or to, to play in the yeah, yeah. NCAA tournament. So at least we don't have a bunch of wins inflating their power number. No, we do not have that. This Fair- is like Andre the Giant handing the title to the million dollar man. <laughs> this is a, a nightmare for whoever has to play Purdue because these are. Be- Fairleigh Dickinson is 360 out of 363 in defensive efficiency. 
and they're going to be asked to stop Zach Eady, who just gets whatever he wants against Big Ten athletes. They're hopeless here. And Can we play Eady over, like over 23 and a half points? Or might they might they rest him at the end? Uh, I don't think they will. I I, th- I mean, I, I think he could have 23 at halftime. Last year, they were highly seeded, right? Yep. So I'm assuming the first game, they were a big favorite. We can look at his, his minutes. Maybe Scott, well, remember, he wasn't a key guy last year. He wasn't even a key guy. No. Okay. But they got had a big guy last year, didn't they? Travion Williams. And he went to the league. Yeah. Okay. And he actually might be playing in the G League or something now. But. All right. So it strikes me, one, when you say they are hopeless, it's not like you want to lay it. No. Really, the question is, do you like the dog or do you pass? Typically on these kind of games. Not always, because we had Houston yesterday. Um Neither of these teams you are optimistic about if they win. Um, what do you think of Purdue for the – because they're a one seed, right? Mm-hmm. They were the last one seed. Yes. Okay. So on the S curve or whatever yes. they were for. The weakest one seed. So my question is, is it a ma- – it seems like the theory is they can't play with that big guy, that he'll get – that he will be such a negative on – Defense that it's a problem for five out teams or whatever. So, what kind of team is a problem for Purdue? So far, it's been a team that presses them, that can press them on defense. Because but Big it, Ten does Big Ten even have teams that play five out? Uh, Penn State, who they just okay. played in the in the championship game, is is probably the closest thing that you've got. The Purdue and, guards are freshmen and they suck. That's okay. that's that's true. And, and they just dump it into Edie, who they have to triple team because he's eight feet tall, and he throws it back out, and they get wide open threes, and that's why they beat everybody. But in this day and age, if you got guards that can pressure their guards, the theory is not even pressing, but just be very up in their face. It's hard to get the ball in the post. Yeah, if, if I've never seen a team have so much a one seed have so much trouble when they're up eight with a minute to play, where you're like they could lose. You know, it's, it's it, I mean, they, were, they were up twenty in this game, and they they tried to give the entire thing away because their guards couldn't get the ball up court. So defensive acumen at guards, the defensive the guard plays defense of the opponent is the number one driver. And yes. you, is, that, is that correct? Yes. And you told me to find a, a one eight matchup. Mm-hmm. This is the one. All right, if, go ahead, if Purdue one. plays Memphis in round two, okay, they're in real trouble. Memphis is a, a team of physical guards that will be in your face and force you into making Dumbo mistakes. They did that against Houston in the last game, and they they crushed Houston, who's obviously a, a much better team than Purdue. But I, I think Purdue will, will give the game away if Memphis is on them. So do me a favor. Look at Ken Palm. What is the Ken Palm differential between Purdue and Memphis? Because I want to have a gauge how much the matchup dictates his second round. If they do play each other, if it's a three-point adjustment, I don't want it. Six. All right, so if the Lions six, you love Memphis. I love Memphis. But and, I don't expect it will be. I don't expect it either. And Purdue is, is a team. They were the best team in the country in January. Mm-hmm. No one would confuse them to being a top-five team the way they've played the last six weeks. They've gotten worse. I can't really quantify why they've gotten worse, but they, they, they it's not just the freshman guards. They're playing at a lower level. Yeah, I would think in general if there's, an, if there's a way to beat them and it gets discovered – that tends to happen sometimes, and then everyone copycats it, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe the weakness of the guards or how they were. Because, again, I keep hearing this in the NBA, is even if someone can post up, these guards can't get an entry pass. It's just a, a lost art in a mm-hmm. way. I don't know. Okay, so nothing there because we don't have the matchup yet. And remember, straight out of Vegas AM, Thank Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's every, daily. 
That's well, no, because no. they're Saturday, Sunday, no. you know. But you guys need days off. That's fine. But um, soft. Yeah. But here's <laughs> but here's the thing. Every day they're going to be covering that night's game. That you know, they come out in the morning. That night's games, uh, especially the play-ins, and then recapping the next day because these play-in winners. Well, how are they going to do in the next matchup? AJ Hoffman's there to tell you. He'll have little note cards too. That's right. Be smart. All right. Next game, Memphis. Florida Atlantic. This is the potential matchup here in the round two with Memphis. This one open pick them. Memphis laying two. All right. AJ. Remember you told me if I thought a game was lined right, I could have one game where I just said, mm-hmm. I, I want nothing to do. This is the game I want nothing to do with. All right. So make the, the strongest case for Memphis. Make the strongest case for Florida Atlantic. Strongest case for Memphis is they don't. Florida Atlantic has no answer for Kendrick Davis, who is becoming one of the 10 best players in the country. Uh, he, there's just not a player on Florida Atlantic who can stay in front of him. They're they're not physical enough to do that. Florida Atlantic can everybody can shoot. Like their offense is brilliant. Um, the biggest difference to me, and if I had to choose a side to lean, it would be Memphis. Florida Atlantic played two Power Six games this season. They went one and one. Memphis played eight Power Six games plus three games against Houston, best team in the country. Memphis is far more battle tested, so there's like I said, there's no value in the number to me. But I, I think both teams are underseeded. But I would lean to Memphis just so because both teams are better than the seed. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So backing up here because I've got McKenzie gave me the Ken Palm defensive rating on uh, each of these underdogs. So this is interesting. Um, where was oh Vermont? Okay, he has it in different order. Okay, that's going to be coming up. Okay, so oh my Marquette team. All right, so let's take a gander at this. Drake, number forty-five in the country. So they're a good defensive team. Yep. Okay, Kent State. We talked about number thirty-eight. Now we've got uh, VCU. We know they're good, and they are number seventeen in Ken Palm's. And now we've got Iona. Now, how much does Ken Palm account for strength of schedule? It's all weighted in there. All right, so they're 68. That's not bad. Not bad. Okay. Um, Continuing on, we've got Florida. Oh, I guess we'll look at both Florida Atlantic and Memphis in this one. Um, All right, Florida Atlantic's number 35 on defense. And maybe because the line was two, uh, now he only has that, which makes sense. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Marquette and Vermont, as we said, Vermont 155. Memphis is 36, if that's who the other team you're looking for was. Thank you. All right. So I'll I'll give this as we go from here. But it seems like so far you've taken dogs, and you have taken, again, Drake, uh, VCU, both of them elite defensive team, or top defense, or let's say – uh, top third. Yeah. I guess more than top third because it's 317. They're elite mid-major defenses yes. for sure. And and, and I leaned to Kent State for the same reason. Yeah, I, I like it. Okay, so did you give Mem- the strong suit for Memphis? Uh, Memphis is just battle-tested. They, they've played the, the much— they, they, they really uh, laid an egg in last tournament, right? Didn't they go west and like lose the first game or something? Yes. Okay, so what does that tell? Is Penny Hardaway still the coach? Penny yes. Hardaway mm-hmm. is still the coach. Yeah, so what's the story here? I mean, well, they, is last year an aberration? Saying they laid an egg, I mean, they, they won their opening— They played St. Mary's, didn't they? No, they played Gonzaga. Oh, okay. They won their opening game. They lost by four points to Gonzaga. Okay. I, I would say— Oh, it, maybe. So who'd they play in the first game? Uh, they played Boise in the first game. Okay, that game was about Pickham, right? Uh, I remember. I think I had Boise and why I didn't like it then. Okay, maybe that's what I'm remembering. So mm-hmm. really, you could say they over they covered both games. Then. Yep. 
Okay. All right. Then that's a bad memory on my part. All right. Uh, but nothing. It's your one pass. Anyone get anything on this game they like? We want we want to bet the winner against Purdue. Yes. Yes. At the right number. At the right number. I, I, I might yeah. bet the bad Straight number. Straight up. Money line. <laughs> All right. Florida Atlantic. Oh, we just did that one. Vermont. Marquette. A lot of Marquette love. They're, they opened up a 12-point favorite. Yeah. You got, uh, you got 10 and a halfs and 11s. So, AJ, the way this is going to go. I know. I'm going to say the opener. He's going to then say... Yeah. I'll figure it out one day. And then and then you go. Let's okay. try one more time. Ready? Here we go. Vermont plays Marquette. Marquette's the favorite. They opened up a 12-point favorite. Yeah, the South Point has it at 10.5, but there are 11s on the board. I lean Marquette here. <laughs> uh, Vermont played in a terrible America East Conference. So typically... The one seed, if the if the if chalk holds in the America East Conference, and often Vermont is the team that makes it out of that conference, they're a 13 seed. This year, Vermont was the one seed in their conference. They were a 15 seed. That's how bad the conference was relative to to previous years, and they're going to see a press that they haven't seen anything like this season. Marquette is just they are they're on you like. White on rice, they say. <laughs> Never uh, <heard> that analogy. <laughs> the, the, the team, the team that Marquette wants to avoid, is a team that's got size or athleticism can can bang them up on the boards. That's just not Marquette, or that's not Vermont at all. Uh, so I, I think that they're going to just physically overwhelm this Vermont team. All right. So the question though is, when you're laying twelve, it's not are you better. The question is, are they going to win by twelve? How motivated are they to win by twelve? As opposed to you know being up by fourteen and coasting in the last two minutes, uh, do we have a Mackenzie? Do me a favor. Let's look at Marquette laying uh, ten to fifteen hmm. this season. Let's just see how they do in that spot. I can tell you this season, Marquette is seventy five percent ATS as a dog, sixty mm-hmm. percent as a favorite. Mm-hmm. Shaka Smart historically is a fantastic underdog, mm-hmm. which is part of why I only lean here. Mm-hmm. The other part of it is the last six times Shaka Smart's been in the tournament, first round exit. Well, see now that if uh, you have, oh, go ahead. What are you saying? Well, I, I like I like Marquette to murder them because of yeah, that. because you're going to be folk, and this is the best team he's had. So. A savvy team that let's say went to the final four last year, they get up fifteen. They're mm-hmm. like, okay, we got uh, we got to worry about our next our matchup next. And no, Marquette's like, we just got to win a game. What was the line in those games? I mean, I know you don't have all of them right in front of you, but I'm going to want to look at those six games. I mean, was he a big favorite in most of them? Uh, Shaka Smart is nine and seven ATS in the NCAA tournament. Seven and nine straight up, nine and seven ATS. So, but he was lost six in a row. Yeah. Remember, he made it run with VCU, an yeah. underdog team, to the Final Four. So that, uh, that's, that's a lot a of his ATS ago. wins. Yeah, it's been a long time ago. Now, this Vermont team, pursuant to what AJ was saying, weak conference, they got they did beat up on most of the teams in their conference tourney, but they were home. So put a little asterisk. It's not nearly as impressive. Yep. As, it's just not cruising neutral on neutral. Right. All right. Well, listen, as much as I think they might be motivated, if it's in-game, here would be my advice. Tell me if you agree, Fez. You're the master of the in-game. If it's in-game, they're up 10 with 10 minutes left, I bet on them. Lay it. Because they've established that they can, they're can. they going to do fine. Whatever was causing trouble with Smart's teams earlier isn't, and the focus will lead you to the victory probably. But I don't want to bet it beforehand because 0-6 tells me there might be something fundamental that we don't I understand. agree. I agree completely. All right. Any any thoughts, Scott, to close? I just think this is – I mean, he's never had a team – is this his highest seeding, AJ? It's got to yep. be, yeah. Yep. 
Even with Texas, I don't think he wasn't this Never high. Never a two seed. Yeah. This season, Marquette, though, as AJ said, uh, great ATS record across the board, only two and three against the spread, a 10 to 15 point Ooh. favor. Yeah, I don't like him as a huge favorite. Mm. Okay, rounding out. The nationwide arena, Columbus, Ohio, Papa Joe's forever, USC, <laughs> Michigan State. Michigan State opened up a one-point favorite. One and a half for Michigan State, although a couple of rogue twos. Now we have a best bet from my podcast partner, Griffin Warner, on this. I liked his bet yesterday. Well, we're opposite today. Okay, well, that you oh, guys yeah. have to bet each other, right? I guess well, so. Let's, let's listen first to Griffin Warner. Hey, this is Griffin Warner, the real underscore G Warner on Twitter. And here is my best bet for Friday's college basketball action. I'm going to go with the first game, first one out there, get you some money in your account right away. Take Michigan State minus two points. I think there's a big problem for USC right now. They really ended the year really poorly. A lot of that thanks to the injury to Drew Peterson. He's been struggling with some back spasms, looked like an sh- absolute shell of himself against Arizona. I think he put up a, a low 60 offensive rating. Not great. Usage rates have been been plummeting ever since his injury and I don't know that he all of a sudden gets healthy uh, by Friday morning also a tough start for USC body clocks and that sort of stuff with a 12 15 eastern time start uh, Michigan State certainly not a prom queen this year but they shoot the three ball really well USC wants to funnel everyone inside to try to defend you as much as they can um, I don't think it goes well for USC unfortunately I think as a two-point underdog Hard to make them much bigger in a 7-10 matchup, but I think Michigan State, there's a lot of value on them right now. I much prefer Tom Izzo in this month of March, his his favorite month, the best one, maybe not as great lately as it had been in previous seasons, but Michigan State look a lot better to me. I think it's Boogie Ellis by himself for USC, and that's simply not enough. So take Michigan State minus two, get your day off started right exactly as you want it. Yeah, it bears mentioning this is a 9.15 a.m. Pacific start, so body clock issues abound because even the 1 o'clock Eastern NFL starts is 10 local body clock time. Here, obviously, in Columbus, which is East Coast, that's a factor. This whole Izzo thing, listen, he's had some good runs. I I think there's probably a premium on Izzo. Yeah, historically, he's... Great in the NCAA tournament, but a lot of that is attributed to his earlier runs. He is 42-32-2 overall ATS, but not over the past several years. In his last 14 NCAA tournament games, just 5-9 and ATS. Meanwhile, USC head coach Andy Enfield, one of the better NCAA tournament coaches we have, 10-2 ATS. Wow. So, Fez, it seems like whenever there's a trend, and we would say, okay, there's a premium now on that team, Izzo, premium— the premium might be a point, point and a half. How is it that it seems like the trends always not only reverse themselves, they always go like 40%, you know, it's 40% from that point on, not 50 or 52. Well, it really should be 46%, right? Because you're paying a point, one point in, yeah. in, in tax. Yeah. So it should, it should like. I think it reinforces that there's never been, that most of these trends, and though, again, I'm a believer that if you like the game otherwise, the trend just a, uh, is a free roll. If it's true, you got a little extra uh, reason. If it's not true, hey, the other factors in the handicap still apply. But I think oftentimes these trends are just random, and thus uh, you add on that premium on top of it, and it's like, you know, but I guess even then, if it was just a coin flip and you add a point, it shouldn't be more than 
you know, the 46, like you said. It, it used to be two points. The, the poster child of this, this was a long a long time ago, but Izzo, Izzo's been, you know, got that reputation for a long time since Mateev Cleaves, right? The, um, the When they played George Mason, that was a game where the, the Sparty was like laying three and a half. That was the George Mason Final Four team. And a close six. Mm-hmm. And, like, literally there was, like, a two-and-a-half-point tax on Michigan State. Like, every day that spread went up by half a point. So that was an example where the the Izzo being good in the tournament just got baked into the tune of two points. So when you say it used to be two, you're talking about Izzo in general. Yes. Okay, because I would say if you were talking, which I thought you were, in general, the current market isn't as inclined to follow these kind of trends. I disagree. I think as if uh, that assessment or, or sentiment, because – I think in general, as the sports betting media, quote unquote, has grown, people catch wind of these things and they take on a bigger life than they ever have. I, I do agree with that. And in thus fading them, if you don't believe in them, I think has more value. I, I, I absolutely, and just like everybody, everybody knew how good the Eagles were in the first half, you know, this past year in the NFL. By the way, this is my best bet on this game. Oh, okay. Well, I, what's our I am going under one thirty-seven and a half. This checks all the boxes. I love this one. Michigan State's a dead nut under team. They can't score, but they play really, really hard on defense. Um, USC has this whole biological clock that's going to slow them down. You're talking about your home life, Fez, not the biological <laughs> clock. They're going to be groggy. They're going to need coffee. They're going <laughs> to no, be but, slow. But it's, but it's, it's their body clock. Yes, okay. exactly. Um, the... The game's close to a pick'em. Check the box. I always like when two teams are close to pick'ems that they're feeling each other out, being very cautious. And uh, the arena won't be completely full because it's nine fifteen start time. So across the board, this is the poster child of what I like in an under first half under. Game under, game under 137.5 best bet. Yeah, and this goes with the trends that we talked about with the first half unders, especially in the early tip-off times, the pre-2 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. So what's this the, is a noon what's the tip-off. difference in, in the in the over-under numbers for those two time periods, or the two groupings of times? Uh, it's just a, um, what do you call it, a... Uh, a subset? No, a, a tightener. Uh-huh, yeah, 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 yeah. A so tightener. What, so it, overall, first round unders um, since 2017, 2018, mm-hmm. 58.4% in the first round. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at the early start times, mm-hmm. you're at 66.3%. Jesus. Is that first half? That's first half, but total's got to be 70 or below. Which okay. this, and Which this, this, this will one's going to be a 64. Yep. No, 63 and a half, 64. Yeah. All yeah. right. I, there's an injury worry oh, okay. that, that could affect the total one way or the other. Uh, Vincent Iwachuwu, who is the. Who? who? Vincent Iwachuwu is a seven foot, oh, five star, like, he is an elite defender. He blocks no, 8% how, of the shots. How would they like him in Albany, you think? <laughs> He'd be an excellent goalie. <laughs> what does that even mean? 8% block rate. He is questionable for the game. If he plays, I love the under. Yeah, but but see, that presupposes that the market has no idea that he's valuable. Because the theory is if he plays, the total goes down. If he doesn't, the total goes up. So I think the market's less in tune with him. that He's missed 20 he, – He's he missed the first 20 games of the season. Mm-hmm. He had like a heart issue. Okay. Couldn't play. He's not a guy who's been on Fez the court. Is making fun of the guy that's infirmed? I was unaware. <laughs> but – he is a menace when he's on the floor. Like, he changes them defensively. But let's get to the core. Do you feel like the market is unaware of that? Yes. 
Okay. It should be easy to beat this dumb market. Everyone thinks the market's unaware of all this stuff. <laughs> the we problem should... is that the market's unaware of stuff that's only worth one point. But the market's well, also point, unaware of whether it gets you a 53%. Yeah. Well, but that's not. The, but what I'm saying is is that that presupposes the line was perfect. This yeah. dumb market made a perfect line except for that, yeah, right? Right. Yeah, I, I I think it's also it's a coin toss whether he plays or not. So By I way, think fifty three percent on total one point. Mm-hmm. If it was a side, it'd be fifty four percent. All right, so yeah, because the the line is less tight on totals, and thus each point is worth less. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to trust the market when it comes to Upi Upi or whatever. How do you say his name? Uichua. Uichua. See, I got that. I, Chukwu. I can't. I can't even say it. I mean, I was mad about even you. I can't. The great enunciation. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> the quay, I know. The question is <laughs> that's hilarious. The question is if the to me, let's assume the market figures this out to some degree. I just think it sets up in every other way, right? Is it's an early game which fits into a bigger category. You like it anyway, right? Fez, I mean, the rationale. Oh, yes, yes. I mean, so what's your rationale other than it's a – I mean, give us the handicap on this again. What's your handicap? USC is going to be screwed up because of the early start time, so mm-hmm. they're not going to be running up and down the court. That, that's interesting because if you think about it, if it doesn't matter if the team's West Coast or not for this 67% under first half. But if any team's going to be affected more, it's a West Coast team. Yes. And Michigan State is a dead nut under team that's slow, plotting, can't shoot, doesn't have offense, but just works tremendous energy on defense. Okay. So I got um, McKenzie looking. Okay. This is interesting. Izzo in the tournament. All right. Over 29 games, under 24. And this is since 2003. Hmm. Okay. Can you do me a favor? Can you. Um, I think the database has the rounds, right? I'm interested first round. Uh, maybe if you could, if you can't break it down by rounds. If you can't, we'll figure it out from there. We could just look at dates, maybe if we stack rank them. But Michigan State has had scores in the past. They don't now. Well, that's true. Yeah, but the theory. Yeah, you're right. I mean, but under that theory, no, not, no history can never be a. You're right because it should be baked into the number. Yeah. But yeah. also, but but I could, real quick, I could see a scenario that with certain types of teams, he doesn't mind pressing or, or uh, being more aggressive offensively. In other teams, he doesn't want to be. So maybe Michigan State also through most of Izzo's career is like a one, a two, a three seed mm-hmm. playing against these you know these teams that won the crappy conferences. Rarely is he going to see six foot six, six foot seven wing defenders going up against his guys in the first round. All right, so we do. Mackenzie's done a good job here. We do have the first round, and then what I'd like you to do is give me the recap on that, the consolidated numbers, and then give me one more. Give me a, all games in which they were between a plus five and minus five. All right, so oh oh, Fez, twelve and five to the over, twelve and five to the over in the first round. Now, one thing I'll say this. There's two factors here. One, the extra prep time, which you would think would help a defensive coach, but no. Number two, I want to look at close games, at least in t- uh, thought to be close games coming Make in. Make it minus five or less. Minus, yeah, well, no, I think minus five to plus five. It does, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, because it, like AJ said, a lot of these exactly. a lot of these games could be when they're a two seed playing a 15 and they're a 13-point favorite. That's a good Green point. Green is dunking on someone. <laughs> so, but all rounds... And if the game is uh, plus five to minus five. Good job here for McKenzie. But um, I tell you this almost, if, unless if his number's just as bad, I'm off myself. 
I can see that. I'm still I'm still going with that Scott's first round early start time, sixty six percent. That basically I need I need a reason not to play that. No, yeah, but I mean the thing is, seventeen games is seven points to the over. That's starting to be meaningful to me. And I love that West Coast team, especially I having agree. to play that. That's early. why it's a first half under. You know what I might do too, McKay? Take some time on this not after a full you game do, under. Yes, after you do this, is um give me the deep or the um. Delta on points for each of the teams because maybe there's a team total here. Maybe we we'll play USC under. Yeah, possibly. maybe it's he he keeps the other team down and he yeah. goes or vice versa. Either sure. way, um, okay. In the close games, it's sixteen and sixteen. I actually that that brings me back to it here. I like this. So exactly fifty percent in close games, and this is pre-game close game expectation. Yeah. And then finally, if you can. Do for the first round and for the – I know there's going to be some overlap in these. Give me both of those where the scoring's coming from. Is it, you know, his team or the other team or vice versa, however it goes. This is good. So from a matchup standpoint, the reason that leans me towards USC is USC – That's your official pick on Yeah. USC loves to play transition offense. That's what, that's what they want to do to score – Sparty is bad defensively in transition. So that speaks against the under. Yes. They're barely inside the top 200 in transition defense, despite being a top 40 defense overall. How'd they do when, against Iowa this When year? the other team can that's, run. That's the one Big Ten team that I think you know really pushes it the most, right? Michigan State against Iowa? Yeah. They uh, uh, they, they lost one twelve one oh six and they won sixty three sixty one. Whoa, those are two different, <laughs> games. very different games. <laughs> now that one Let me guess, the they won it. It was an overtime. They won at home. Yeah, one overtime. Uh, one overtime. Sixteen points scored in that overtime. So before so there was over a hundred points or over two hundred points. 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 Yeah. Oh. Ooh. All right, I'm 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 gonna be a, a neutral bystander on that total. I think that was the game that Iowa I'm, came back I'm, and hit the three. I'm gonna split my bet half of it first half under, mm-hmm. half of it game under. All right, boy, that's a lot of emph- that's interesting, Fez, because it's a tight game, but uh, in theory, but it seems like that morning starts such a big part for you. Why not just go all first half? You're I mean, right. I'm just asking. You're right. That's my move. Yeah. You're right. First and, half uh, under. Just because I, it, it gets into derivative type of range for a best bet. You know, and I kind of I didn't know if I was allowed to make my best bet at yeah. first half under. Listen, right. we want winners. We want winners here. First half under. Forget the game under. We're All for right. it to go over time. All right. So that's going to be Fez's best bet. Um, I'll be, again, bystanding on it. But I like it. I like it. So that would be under 64 is the number, right, Scott? For the first half of that game is... I'd rather I calculate. take... I'd rather, as he's getting that, I'd rather take plus 220 on, Kentucky, or on yeah, Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> Right. 64 and a half. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, very good. We're halfway through, and we have a special guest with us, and he brought. he's a New Yorker. Do you live in the city? I do. Okay. You're not one of those bridge and tunnel people I hear about? No. Scott, I think, was bridge and I tunnel. I was out, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so how I mean, I'll repeat what you say. How long had you been listening to us? Uh, probably since, like, 2017. I, I think, you know... Uh, Jonas is on the air. Yeah, yeah, we were doing the Fox stuff with Jonas, yeah. We yeah. were doing the Blazing Five with Colin. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think um, over the years... Right now he's saying I'm the most important thing in his life. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and it, things would have never been the same. Well, yeah, it's he's going to give me enough. 10% of his earnings? What? Go ahead. <laughs> crazy enough, this is actually like what I... When, I, when I'm when i ready for bed, I go sleep timer and end of episode, and I put one, one of these three-hour episodes... 
<laughs> I'm screaming the fast and it wakes you up. <laughs> now the irony here is Matt was unable to bet when he first was in in, in the state in New York and uh -huh. or any of the states around there. And now think about how the world has changed. Just Somehow in, I think Matt was getting down. Yes, I, I have yeah. a feeling. I got buddies. So the fact that we're putting like subliminal messages in these pods about, you know, like Fez is the Hilton, it's two time super contest winner, two times. Oh, wait, no, that's you actually just saying it. It's not even subliminal, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's more so the, uh, the, like I said, the drinking game stuff where how often does Fez reference like the Midwestern crowds? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it, do you re reference uh, Rocky or? or uh, Rocky, that's we both, we both do Rocky. <laughs> Rocky do Rocky. Universal, yeah, because Scott does the yeah, Rocky. Rocky speaks to everyone. How often does Fez say there's heat and humidity, 72 oh, okay. degrees? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Most recently, his theory about the Big Ten student athletes not being out of shape because it's they don't want to go to the gym. <laughs> anyone who's got anyone who's gone to school in Chicago or North Dakota knows that by February you're out of shape and you've had the flu three times versus North Carolina. On the way, I was telling him that like, oh yeah, this this, this pro has, like, his theories are like about the mail coming home from. In fact, Buffalo had snowstorm, and I told him about how how. The driveways are going to be full. He literally said, don't they have guys that... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like Wait, you heard the podcast. Yeah, it's hilarious. This is a friend of yours said that. Yeah, yeah. Oh. That is why the Bills faded. It's unfortunate that no one can That's hear what he said. That's why the Bills... Yeah. The Bills, from all that shoveling, you know, they, they were distracted. That's it. The, the, Josh the, Allen was out shoveling his driveway. That's it. You know what's funny, though? Is we have a guest here. He brought tiramisu. Like, for us to eat and enjoy. He starts to have his only say of the pod, and Fez is screaming in the mic over top of him, but what I meant was... And it's like, it's like you think he'd let someone get a word in. No. <laughs> well, you're nice to be here. Thanks for the tiramisu. Uh, pleasure. Uh, and, guys, listen, if you're a fan, you got to pass a test. It's like, is Fez's hair real? AJ, what was his record in MMA fighting as a pro? Amazingly 1-0. Why'd he quit? If you, that's the bonus question. <laughs> if you pass, you can come in. No, if you're generally in, you know, we do pat you down. But other than that, um, AJ, you pat him down, right? You patted. I forgot. <sighs> All right, I'll try to just stay focused on the pod. <laughs> Moving forward, <laughs> he's an innocent-looking fellow. Moving from New York City. Moving forward, half games left. This one is another playing game. So we'll just talk about those teams. It's Iowa State waiting for them. And well, we know. It's going to be Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh oh, Pitt won. won. Okay. Yep. What's the early line on that? Four. Okay. Iowa State Pitt laying four. four. Oh, minus four. Okay. So now, AJ, when I say minus four, he won't be doing an update. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Four-point favorite, Iowa State over Pitt. Gut lean. Not much research done on it. I would lean to Iowa State, certainly. I don't like this Pitt team. They, they, got so, they were so bad defensively down the stretch. Uh, they gave up 80-plus points to Georgia Tech. Which is, I know not everybody knows this, but that's really embarrassing. Uh, is Kremen still the coach there? No. Okay. Uh, they actually just fired their coach, Josh Passner. But um, they, so they, they did do a good job defensively against Mississippi State, who doesn't score against anybody. But Iowa State, I feel like a, a much better team than this. I, I think four is a, a, it's a little light. Any concern about how good these 11s have done? What do you mean? When when the elevens play the eleven games, yeah, they usually and then win two. You would think ten oh. of the, ten of the eleven tournaments that we've had the first four, a team from the first four has won 
their first round game. Okay, so that's mo- almost always been the 11s, right? Yes. yes. Okay, so now there's two of them. So that means that one of two is winning pretty much every year. Now, this, is one sho- two. this is shocking because you yep. think yeah. not only do they have to play on be underdogs typically, and they have to and they have to, but they have to change venues. They mm-hmm. have to fly. You know, I mean, it's been as small as I know Dayton once. You know, went from like Dayton to Columbus, Ohio, and it was a short trip. But I mean, th- these well, are not short trips. Here's what I would say. I believe you are way overemphasizing fatigue with these kids. Like I think we you're said right. Yesterday, but I think the following. If you're only worried about the first game, I think it's an advantage to have won two days ago. Because mm. you're probably not fatigued, and you're hot. You feel good. You feel confident. You're, other teams have been sitting, nervous, not knowing who they're going to play. And that's an, you think it's a disadvantage for the team waiting in that they don't can't prepare for those days. But you maybe you've had an assistant coach already preparing for the possibility of your next opponent. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. They, they They've done some advanced scouting. And, and yeah. you know who you're playing, and they don't. Yeah. Well, what do you— you, oh, you know oh, who your you next opponent the team, is. The team in the play-in. I'm saying, saying like Pittsburgh has probably did it, had one assistant coach's job was to already scout Iowa State. Right. Yeah. But Iowa State probably had one on each team. But sure, in sure. general, I think and maybe the prep isn't the issue as much as the hotness mm. where you, you feel confident. You're in off a win streak. Now, I think by the time you're in your fourth or fifth game, if you keep winning, fatigue's going to become yes. an issue perhaps. But I think for that first game, it's an advantage. It to, certainly have, has What been. do you think? I agree. That, I will say... Of the two uh, 11 seed play-in games, I'd much rather take Pitt than the other play-in game winner because that play-in game winner is going to go, they're going to play a game, then fly from Dayton to Denver and play at elevation, which I think is a big disadvantage and, on short and rest. To what RJ said, I love the fact that uh, not only see it, so we have a winner, then they have to go to, to Denver and then either ASU or Nevada. And then they have to go ahead and play another game so in altitude. Win. Yes. Now it would not be nearly as good if it's Nevada because Nevada. I've, I've been in Reno. Yeah. I've been in Reno several times, and it's hard to breathe up there. They're at five thousand feet. So the theory is they're used to the altitude. Yes. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So that if Nevada wins that game against Arizona State, then uh, the altitude won't bother them because it's, you can argue it's an advantage for Nevada. Yeah. Well. Hmm. Okay. Pitt, by the way, defensively, and we've been tracking that today. One forty-one. So as you said, not very Disaster. good. <laughs> okay. We got Xavier against Kennesaw Walker State. Is that how you said that? Kennesaw State. Oh, Kennesaw. The irony is you're gonna get mad at me. Did you get the did you get the rat a tat tat? I say he says it, he says it, then Fed. But go ahead. The irony is you said, Well, I hope I got Kennesaw State right, mm-hmm. but you got Xavier wrong. What do you mean? He said you Xavier instead of Xavier. He said Xavier. Xavier. No, I didn't. Xavier. You I said never, oh you you, you know. I never Xavier. have said Xavier you in just my life. Did. Well, I do it to show what I do. I know you know. I, I, I know how to say Xavier. I know That's you how do. I said it. Is this right? Did you? What did I say? You said Xavier. I never say Xavier. I, I know it. That's why, Kenzie. Can you listen to the playback? All right. You won't screw up the recording, will you? <laughs> In fact, let's take a two minute. We're gonna take a two minute break. We're back. There was a technical error. Um, I think there's a little click that sounded like an accent, but <laughs> it's your fancy microphone. I'm not a normal sure. microphone I, wouldn't have picked that up. You know, we don't do a lot of people will do post like work noise reduction, whatever. I think once we do that, the axe would get sucked right out, but I don't know. Let's just move on. Mic issue. Yeah, thanks, man. Okay. <clears throat> Xavier against Kennewashaw State and uh Xavier. Oh wait, Xavier 14. 11 and a half. Ooh. 
I like Kennesaw, and I like over 151 here. Hold on a second. You like it? They're 11 and a half down from 14, and you say, gimme, gimme? Yeah. All right. I mean, 14 didn't exist for very long. Like, some of these. No, these, nowhere at Circa. That, well, it was never at Circa. <laughs> but some of these numbers that were like uh, the opener, like they were the opener for maybe 30 seconds. Like, yeah. Oh, let's see some proof of that because, I mean, here's what we know. South Point opened. South Point opened it at 14. Uh-huh. It stayed at 14 for a little less than an hour. Then it went to 13. Yeah. And then it was 13 for about 20 minutes and then 11 and a half. Yeah. So what we're saying is you could live 15 minutes away by bus from the South Point. <laughs> bus and there. You can still get it. You're walk right. in. All right. All right. Get yourself some soup and then make the bat. Del Mar Deli, exactly. Yeah. Del Mar Deli. So, I mean, that's a legitimate line. They're taking no, you're ten thousand. Right. Ten thousand. It sounds like a line. All right. it doesn't mean it's a loser. Eleven and a half. I'm just saying that number was sitting out. AJ there. is still bitter because he kept refreshing Circa <laughs> like, for Circa? three hours <laughs> instead <laughs> of texting me. Uh, this got these lines up. This Kennesaw team's loaded with upperclassmen. Most of these guys played for three years together. They are an excellent three point shooting mm-hmm. team. And Xavier bottom fifty defending against three-pointers. Uh, and Xavier's without Zach Fremantle. They thought he was going to be back for the Big East tournament. They anna- he's their best player. They finally said the Big East tournament, he's done for the season. He what position have, does he, he play? He's power forward. Thank you. Has to have foot surgery. They've been without him since February 1st. They've gone 8-4 and four without him. But the assumption kept being that he was going to be back. He was going to be back. He's not coming back now. Uh, I do think that Xavier's a little bit better defensively without him. Because they're they're being they're playing a little more in the half court they're they're getting set up a little bit more, uh, but it means that Xavier instead of being able to go five out, which they've done offensively most of this year, can only go four out. They've got four guys who can shoot on the floor instead of five, uh, is what that means. Kennesaw is going to have to hit shots to stay in, but they're certainly capable. So what total do you like here? Uh, over one fifty one. Over okay. Uh, they they shot forty percent. In their games against Liberty, Liberty was expected to walk through the A-Sun and be the, the team that represented them in this tournament. Kennesaw beat them twice, shot 40% from three in both those games. They can, and Xavier's profile similarly defensively to Liberty, with giving up a lot on, on the arc. All right, so, so I'm, starting to, I'm starting to lose the thread. All right, okay. so if I asked you when seven words or less, the main reason that you like Kennesaw, what would it be? Kennesaw has a lot of continuity and can shoot. Okay, so they can shoot. Now, Xavier, why don't? Why are you fading them? Xavier does not defend the three-point line. Okay, so Xavier's defensive number with Ken Palm seventy-three, so not great. But uh, Kennesaw is one seventeen. So this goes against that concept of yes. you want a defensively good. Okay, Xavier 280, 281 defending three-pointers though. Okay, okay. So why not just go with the over? The over is certainly my preferred play. You're right. All right, all right. Sean Miller in the NCAA tournament. Now, most of this was with Arizona. But in 11 first-round games, the over is 9-1-1. Ooh, I like that. Mm. That's a good choice. Say that one more time. In uh, 11, Sean Miller coached first-round games in the NCAA tournament. And he's coaching of? Xavier. He's Xavier's I, coach, I, I but know. he was Arizona's coach. Yeah, so yeah. if you you know think about the way they played as well, eleven first round games, the over nine one and one. All right, so Fez, you're anti over for the first half, especially. You know this game is a nine forty a.m. start. 
So it does fall into that problem where we think less scoring early. Maybe a play over at halftime. Yeah, that's an option too, right? Yeah, uh, uh, or, or live. I do have a question for AJ. Um, Kansas State, did they beat Liberty in the in the conference championship? They did. Okay, so Liberty played tonight, and they beat Villanova. Villanova's like a good team. Mm-hmm. So that would make us more confident, right? The fact that Liberty could not just hang. I know they're home. But beat Villanova means Kennesaw more uh, chance to hang with Xavier, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think. Um, I mean, if you said two or three weeks ago, if you said who are the teams, who are the mid-major teams that you think can win a tournament game, Liberty would have been high on my list. They were a, a dangerous team that was going to be an uh, uh, auto bid. Okay, because this is the same concept of they play most of their games in conference. Mm-hmm. The way to get a feel how good a conference is is how the rest of the conference does against out-of-conference teams, and thus – this late in the year, NIT, CBI, whatever, it's all pertinent. Okay. Um, do we have any history, and I don't think we do, on how a team does that had to win to get in? Like, that's an interesting concept. You win your tournament, but if you were in any ways, one mindset, right? The other one is you don't win your tournament and you get in at large. And then finally, you win, you're in, but you wouldn't have been. One bid leagues. Or, or regardless, like, you know, Penn State or whatever. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, Penn State. Penn State didn't have to win the tournament. They didn't. They, they didn't win the tournament. Okay. But, but they had to win Ohio a State would have been a team. Ohio State's a team that if they'd won the Big Ten tournament, that's the only way they could have gotten in. Yeah. That's a different team, right? Agreed. To mm-hmm. me. Mindset-wise, because to some degree, it could be a letdown. It's like, I think I, so. I've set my goal. I don't have any data on it, though. Might be something to look into. All right. You guys got to – you, Feds, does that 14 to 11 and a half worry you? Oh, of course. Um, and the fact that it's sat out there for an hour, you know, I just, I, I mean, obviously, the, the every, every, you know, Max Better is taking Kennesaw State right now. But, 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 you know, then again, they're, they're not taking them plus 11 and a half. They took them plus 13. So let me ask you let's assume that at 11 and a half, it's an exactly 50% proposition, just for the sake of argument. What would you estimate the bet was plus 14? So what did 60. Okay. So, so we're saying that to get to 54, it would have had to be a 64% bet. To get to 54% at 11 and a half, it had to be a 64% bet at 14. Yes. I don't think there's many 64% bets put out. And I'm not saying never. I'm just saying it, it caught. And I would say, AJ, your depth of knowledge on college basketball is unimpeachable. You, oh, just, you know what? Actually, I think it may have been 60. It would be 60%. I'm Sixty percent, sixty percent at plus fourteen. If the true line's eleven and a half, and uh-huh. you get fourteen, that's a sixty. percent That's what you bet. said, and then okay. I said to get to fifty-four, that would mm. uh, with the current number, you would just add four to the sixty to say, well, it would have had to yeah. be at sixty-four, right? Yeah. Okay. So, thank you. I think your quality of depth of knowledge is unimpeachable. It's it's just there's not a debate. You know your stuff. I think your sensitivity to the line is something that hasn't been properly drilled into you with gut-crushing losses by a half a point that literally cause you to be depressed for three days. Those, it doesn't take, it takes about a 10 years of those, and then you finally say, I don't want no part of any more of that. In general, you got to respect, I got to respect the openers and that they can be wrong. I don't think they're that, like, to me, this is one of those games, the line move has made it unplayable. Because if you play the 11 and a half, you're taking such, now, this is different, in my opinion, if you have an informational change, whereas there's a player that was thought to be fine, but he's hurt, 
you know, or something happens that fundamentally changes things. Now that old line is no longer pertinent. This is a, a great point. Weather is the number one thing because in weather you could like over fifty and you could be playing under forty six at post. And both can be good at the time. What you know at the time could be good bad. Exactly because because something really important has changed. But when nothing has changed or everything you're saying in your handicap was known and available you know, be, 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 be five days ago, then rarely is it right to, to, to take the worst of it by, by, you know, even more than one point. Yeah. And I do think that I'm probably at fault a little bit here for the, the general, this general thing. We probably are leaning towards too many picks because mm -hmm. in general, I think against the openers, the number we have of picks is about right. And I'm not, I, I haven't dictated to you what to pick and what, right. but you know, in general, it can't, if it's lean, 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 lean. lean, lean. But in general, I think we need to understand that on a given college basketball Saturday, there's how many games? Over 100. All right. And on Friday, there's going to be 16 games uh, in the NCAA tournament, yep. right? All right. So if you bet three of these, that means you're going to have seven times as many. You would have had 21 bets or more on a Saturday. Yeah. Most people aren't betting 21 yes. bets. So in general, we're going to accept. What we'll do at the end of this is go back to the likes and say, is this like a double like or like? Which is code for we're going to give you two levels like so you can decide what your volume is. But I would accept the fact if you got to play five games, four games, maybe this is the fourth best still. I just don't think it's a, a, great, a great bet at this number. I agree. It very easily could win. They could win the game straight up. It, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying over a thousand repetitions. I, I think that it's going to fall 12 and 13 and 14 so much. It's going to, you know, that's where the edge was, in my opinion. Anyone disagree? Nope. Maybe take a, a 30 more seconds on the over because. I like finding an occasional over and a see unders because again, I like laying the lumber sometimes. Because I, all I know is Fez. I know a lot of the duct tape shoe guys, as I call them, that had a certain way. Right? They aren't winning anymore. <laughs> yeah, and they, you know, that's why We're they both think of the same guy. <laughs> wow, that's why they have duct tape on their shoes. And to me. I feel like that the the sharpest young batters, the thirty year olds, twenty five year olds, even that are good. They play a lot of favorites. Like they're not afraid of it. And my thought is, okay, maybe they haven't learned yet. But I also think maybe things have changed where the market isn't as biased, where it's a seven point favorite. Now there may be five and a half, and thus maybe some of these games offer value on the favorite side and on the overs. And you know, my, my buddy, Charlie J professional better. He used to tell me, he's like, you know, you guys are, you, 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 you're such snobs with your unders mm -hmm. because what happens in, inevitably is at the end of the weekend, you say, Oh, the unders should have gone 11 and five, but there was that blocked punt and there was that overtime game. And he's like, you know what? Unpredictable contingent events, they happen. And guess what? They create more scoring. You have to factor in, you know, that random score here and there. It's going to happen in a lot of games. Well, that kind of rationale is why the best thing that sports betting has to draw in people to keep losing year after year, which some people do, is the fact you can envision how you could have won. If it wasn't that block kick, if there wasn't that, uh, Scott, we heard you, and again, you've been killing it, but <laughs> you, today I could have went three, you know, you were talking about some run and, and you know what? Every better, myself included, feels that horse way. Horse racing guys, the king, oh, if my horse didn't get cut off on the rail, <laughs> right? Poker, poker's the same way. If poker had less luck in it, like chess, there's not many money chess games, is there? No. Because you kind of know how good you are and you know your chance to win or lose. It, it, literally, it takes one game. 
You're playing you're like you're like late in a game. You watch the chess hustler, and and the guy. The thing about it, it's like one pot in poker. He's like looking at his opponent. Scott is like move thirty. And he's like, what did you say your rating was? Like he knows. Like a guy that 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 move is not a move that a, other anyone other than a master would have just made. But for years, people will keep going to the Blasio. Oh yes. and losing because they will occasionally win three thousand or sure. whatever the number. Is. And in general, I think. I guess rounding this back around, I want to hear a little bit more about AJ's over. Okay, so these two teams, great three-point shooting teams. Uh, Kennesaw's 34th nationally in three-point percentage. Xavier's third in three-point percentage nationally. Bad three-point defenses. Xavier 281, Kennesaw 233. Xavier plays a top 40 tempo in the country. They're up and down the floor. They're going to let you shoot. They're going to shoot. So when you've got a team that's very efficient mm -hmm. shooting, plays fast, and doesn't care if the other team shoots, those lead to a lot of them. Okay, so I like the theory. The one thing I don't like is we haven't even said the total yet. So like in a weird way, you're saying, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. We don't know if it's going to be over or under. So the total is 150 and a half or 151. Does that feel right considering the totals? Does that feel right as in the over still has value? I yes. know you knew the total. Yeah, but. yeah. You know, uh, I kind I kind of like this over because correct me if I'm wrong. Is this Kennesaw State like their first time to, to dancing? Uh, yes, yes. Kennesaw State. So when this coach Abdul Rahim took the job, his first year they had one win. The Vancouver Grizzly player? No, different oh. one. Uh, the second year they had two Division One wins. This is year four. This is the first time they they've been. They're stoked to be. Here. So they're just thrilled to be there. They're excited, and they could. There's Man. no reason that they're going to like hold the ball. Well, see, here's the thing. Old school, that team would be tight. But mm. these teams that shoot and run and gun, it's part of their ethos. Oh. It's part of their pride in a way that they're going to shoot. They're probably thrilled we get to play Xavier instead of St. Mary's. We can play our game. The, yeah. And one person goes, "I thought we were playing X Xavier." <laughs> And they say, no, Xavier. And then it's like, mm. they fight amongst themselves. And the other thing, there's a, there's a big height discrepancy between these teams, which there often is when you've got a power conference yeah. team against a, a small conference team. But there's no way for Kennesaw to play this inside. So they're going mm. to keep chucking threes. Okay. So you've got a bat on or a like on the over. You've got a like on Kennesaw, though with the line move, we're going to probably make that uh, a It's, it's a lean. A I'll just call it a lean. Well, no, we don't want to talk you off your game. It, no, you're right. I mean, it's, it's a, it would be a dumb bet at this point. All right. Again, it's a learning curve. And hey, listen, they can win straight up. It, it won't prove anything. It just in general, unless, uh, let's just say this. If the one, if the 14 doesn't matter, then we should be able to win so easy we can skip this game. You're right. But the fact of the matter is that 14 does matter. All right, next game, Kentucky-Providence. Kentucky opened up a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Four-point favorite. Lean Kentucky minus four. Lean. Give us some pitch. Oh. <laughs> I, don't, I really don't have a great feel for this game altogether. What I do know about Providence is they have a, a, a rebounding edge over almost every team they play on their schedule. They are one of the best rebounding teams in the country. They don't have that against Kentucky. Kentucky has Oscar Shibwe, who is the best rebounder in the country. Uh, so the biggest strength that Providence has is at a minimum neutralized. Uh, I, I lean because Ed Cooley is 59% ATS as an underdog. I, I hate to buck that. Uh, I, I don't like this Kentucky team. They've got some health issues. I don't know who exactly who's playing for them and who's not. But I, I, it's... 
it's a very weak lean to Kentucky. Okay, I like admitting you don't have a great feel. You know, because Malinsky, Dave Malinsky, R.I.P., used to say, when you do your power ratings, you should have a second number or second element beside the number, which is an A, B, C, or D, which is your confidence level. There's certain teams, Fez, that I feel like I got a hand one in football in the NFL. Other teams, I got to put a number on them. I don't have a as Tampa good of a hand. Bay. Yeah, well, I actually were faying them pretty good, but again, different people is going to have different yeah. feels. Um, but you'd agree, in general, there's a 100%. range of confidence. You're saying you don't have. Sometimes it might be the team. Sometimes it might be the matchup. You know, I don't know if they're going to be able to run or not. So I like that honesty. So, what do you got? Anyone else got anything on Kentucky Providence? It's John Calipari, forty, thirty-three, and three all-time NCAA tournament ATS, about fifty-five percent. But I'd be interested to see that broken up like the last ten years, because obviously since Anthony Davis and that. What was that loss to Wisconsin? It feels like Kentucky's underperformed, mm-hmm. but they did have the one run to the finals, right? As an eight seed, yes. So maybe I don't know. Um, huh? AJ, one of the things we talk about this time of year is the trend line from October, really now till now. So in general, if there's a team that's much better February one on, do you tend to play on them and like? I guess the rationale is the young, the teams that are especially young, they get better. That feels meaningful because they went from having no experience in college to you know thirty games. Yes, but this Kentucky team, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we talked about the blue bloods that were kind of on the bubble, and Kentucky's clearly played well enough to get well off the bubble. They were comfortably in, mm-hmm. but this Kentucky team is built so differently than any other Calipari so- Kentucky team. They have one guy who's a likely lottery pick. One, Kaysen Wallace. He's a freshman. He's a defensive specialist for the most part, and he's a guy who's been banged up lately. This is not a team of one-and-done guys. This is not a baby team like like Calipari's had in the past. So you're so, saying they, they don't have the components that you would think are going to trend up, up, up. No, they, they start four upperclassmen. But somehow they played a lot better later in the year. Yeah, But they had a complete no-show in the conference tournament against Vanderbilt. Which they're favored by eight and a half and lost handily in that game. So that that was a puzzling. I don't know, AJ, what happened in that game. It's a good question. I mean, Vanderbilt was desperate. Vanderbilt that was their only chance to get into the tournament. And so, Vanderbilt was injured too. One of their guys yep. was out, right? See, I'll Kentucky you, didn't have a point guard in that game. Yeah, though. Severe Wheeler's been injured. Like they, 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 Kentucky, they played play all forwards. Yeah, Kentucky has been really banged up. But all of all these guys were day to day. Now you give a team a week off, and I think that's sometimes the benefit of losing early. In the conference tournament, yeah. Now you can USC is a good example. A guy had was having back spasms. Drew Peterson, you lose early in the tournament. The, the now Cowboys you got, wide receiver. No, that's but Drew Prov- Pearson. But Providence uh, lost early too, right? Yeah. All right. So here's my thought. Let's look at North Carolina and their decision not to play in the NIT. That would have never happened. I mean, I think it's happened a few times, but years ago it would have been very unlikely to happen. Why? Because there's a sense of team. There's a sense of hey, if we didn't win one, let's win the other one. Let's you know. It's just, it was. It's been an embarrassing season, and to lose in the NIT would be even more embarrassing. That's Ooh, why they didn't it's do an it. opportunity to redeem the season, right? If you go win the NIT, it's going to be momentum in theory. But here's the thing: they don't think of themselves as North Carolina. A lot of them, it's they're there for a year or two mm-hmm. or whatever, and then they're on to their next thing. And I think the whole AAU culture of um, you, they're not a high school team. They're necessarily all that associated with. You hear these guys have five high school teams in three years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's part of the culture now of basketball, 
And it's funny, I don't know all the ins and outs, but one of the guys that was a big part of that, last name was Vaccaro, who is the brother of, uh, is, the, the, that one's still alive, the basketball guy? Uh Jimmy Vaccaro? Well, Jimmy Vaccaro's not the basketball guy. He's the Sonny, you mean? The, Sonny, Sonny yeah. Like the, the Nike guy? The that's that's yeah. Jimmy's uh, brother. I didn't even know that. Yeah. 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 It's like, like, I was going to say first brother. No, actual brother. Yeah. So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so... Um, I mean, that dude signed Michael Jordan. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean he was a big part of this uh, evolution, I think it's fair to say. And it does strike me that the, the loyalty to team, loyalty to... So if Kentucky really laid an egg in the conference tournament like they did, this team could be given up. It's like you might think, oh, in the tournament, they're going to play hard regardless. Are they? I don't know. I'm not saying they're not going to for sure, but I think it's more viable that teams just aren't trying in spots you think they would Mm. if they don't think it's necessarily in their self-interest. You know, and I mean, you've watched a lot of basketball. Would you say that's more the case now than before? Yes, but this Kentucky team, so when Kentucky lost, it is back in January, they lost to South Carolina at home. And it was like about as embarrassing of a loss as you can have in the SEC. And and Kentucky message boards were saying, okay. fire Calipari, let's go get Chris Beard, let Calipari go to Texas, let him coach down there. Then they came out the next game, they went to Tennessee – and they beat Tennessee, who was like at the peak okay. of the season. Beat them in their building, like they all banded together and gave so you're the best in performance. In response of the to a low point, yes, they stepped up. Now another low point might be a step up. I agree. I think Bob Stoop, or I think Mark Stoop should take over. Just do both. <laughs> I mean, there was a guy. I mean, our high school football coach was the assistant in basketball. I, I you follow? Yeah, but I think that that only happens at like. Very small schools. I don't know. Stoops is getting like seven million a year. I think he can do both. He should. <laughs> All right. Next game. So what you're saying is no uh, lean, lean, lean. Barely a lean to Kentucky. Kansas State, Montana State. Kansas State opened a ten and a half point favor. Eight and a half. I like Montana State here. Montana State, and this is a firm like RJ, not a not a sissy All like. Right, this is a right. firm like. Montana State, top seventy five defensive team. Uh, they played in the tournament last year. They've got experience. Kansas State's vulnerable at the rim, and that's where Montana State lives. Uh, they've got one of the highest free throw rates in the country. Kansas State fouls a ton. Kansas State turns the ball over a lot. Bobcats top 75 nationally in takeaway. And as always at Kansas State, this, this comes down to can you slow down Keontae Johnson? Montana State has a defensive specialist in Caleb Fuller who can give him some problems. They also have the defensive player of the year in the big sky and Darius Brown to match up with Marquise Noel. So they've got the pieces on defense to match up with Kansas State stars. Uh, it's also important to note that this is Jerome Tang's first tournament. I, I think he's a great coach, but I could see him being a little tight, letting Montana State hang around here. I like Montana State plus eight and a half. So bad news, AJ. I'm canceling your Friday night party. Because this is a 6.40 p.m. start. That means the halftime is going to be, it probably isn't going to, the game will start at 7. The halftime will be at 8.15. This is another game similar to the Indiana game where we want to bet Kent State. The Sharps took five and dropped to four. Well, the Sharps took double digits. You know what? I'm not so confident. We won't get a nine and a half or a 10 right at post here on a late Friday night after all the juiced conventioneers and, and, and basketball fans hit Vegas. And who are they going to bet on? Not this Montana State team they've never heard of before. Okay, so your rationale again, open 10 and a half. Sharps bet it down to 8 and a half. Now the public's going to get more and more involved. 
is unless the sharps take other bites back, it might float up to 10, 10 and a half. Yep. Okay. If it's back to double digits, I'm in. Eight and a half, I'm watching. I like the handicap. I To me, if it's just, oh, this team's a little better than people think, I'm like, uh. But if there's a reason this team's going to play better against this other team, that is what interests me, the matchup advantages. What do you got on this one, Scotty? Anything? Uh, just remember, that, oh, this is no, this is a fourteen-three matchup, right? Mm-hmm. So that wouldn't apply into the uh, the single digits here. Um, but Kansas State uh, on the road a- after they won against uh, Baylor January seventh, they lost seven of their last eight away games, and they were two and six ATS in those last eight okay, road that's games. Interesting. So AJ, in general, the committee. Their mandate isn't the best teams today. Their mandate is the most impressive season. Best right? resume. Resume. So meaning you win in November, it counts effectively as much as winning in the in yes. the conference tournament. Mm-hmm. I think these teams that trend line one way or the other, I think there might be value there, you know? And I'm gonna have to do a study on it. Teams that do, you know, more than five games under ATS the second half of the year, mm-hmm. how do they do in tournament, that kind of thing. Montana State comes in thirteen and one straight up in their last fourteen games. Okay. And five one and one ATS as an underdog this year. Even so, number seventy two defensively though. So not a great defensive. Not team. great. Um, this is a good time to talk about these seeds and what the Kempom numbers are. We talked about this yesterday, so we'll do it quick. But this is fascinating because we got certain clear weak spots in seeds. So one plays sixteens, right? So um, ones are plus twenty six points on the Ken Palm. That's called the adjusted EM. All right? Is that how you say it? Yep. And the 16s are minus 5.35, or let's say minus 5. So that means that's 31 points. So that means that should be a 31-point line on average? Yeah. But they're not close to that, are they? But does Ken Palm have any way where he you diminish? Like, as the, like Fez, you know, when you go up over... Uh, what, eight ten. points or what, yeah, ten? Yeah, 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 it really starts at eight in the NFL. You have to have a damping effect. Because the theory is in the fourth quarter, if you're up big, it's not going to be as big of an ad. Same thing happens in basketball. Kind of like I was saying St. Mary's maybe second half. But, yeah. you know, though I don't think necessarily that was the case. Um, but I, Ken Palm's just supposed to do the simple math, right? Yes. Hmm, that's interesting. Okay, we got twos that are two points worse. All right, so that makes sense, one to two. And then... We got threes that are three and a half points worse. Okay. Fours and threes are identical. So that's one thing interesting right here. Any re- Looking at the fours, right? So any reasons you think the fours aren't as good as – Or are, are better. As good? Yeah. Well, it's because UConn is so juiced in these rankings. UConn is the fourth overall team in Ken Palm, mm. and they're a four seed. So you're saying, like, for example, Ken or Connecticut is just a little underrated. Yeah. That's laying the lumber with them might be smart. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> now, number fives are only a point or, or two points or so worse. All right. And then fives and sixes are identical. Six is another good example. You, uh, Creighton's an, an example there. They're a top 13 team in Ken Palm, but they're a six seed overall. So they, they're, Ken Palm would grade them out as a, a borderline three, four, mm-hmm. and instead they're a six. Now, the sevens, this is fascinating. The eights are better than the sevens. The nines are better than the sevens. And the tens are better than the sevens. So seven, ten is the matchup, and literally the tens are better. Yeah, Missouri... 
Northwestern, Michigan State, Texas A&M. Those are your sevens. Those are teams who got in on resume because they're, the analytics hate all of those teams. And I'm telling you, when we decide on our three upsets, I'm really looking at our third being USC. I like them to pull the upset myself. I, I just think Izzo's overrated. Hmm. All right. Now, when you go to 11s, it's a monster drop. Three points drop off at 11. But still, it's more in line with what you would expect. It's just 10s and 9s have been extra high. Um, and then it's about a point to 12s. It's two points to 13. But here's the drop, 13 to 14. When you get to 14, you're out of it in a way. Four and a half points of drop. And only one point. So 14s and 15s are about the same. And 16s are horrible. Yeah. All right. Here's a fluky piece of history when it comes to these 14-3 matchups. The last four number three seeds to lose mm-hmm. to a number 14 seed, they all came from the Big 12. Oh, I would have thought Big 10 or something. I mean, like Big 12 in general. Texas, West Virginia, Baylor, and Iowa State. And we have Baylor and Kansas State, two Big 12 teams that are fourteen that are threes against 14s, including this matchup right here, obviously. So, like Montana State, we got four games left. Well, three, really, because TCU's a playing. And Gonzaga's the last one. And I got a little interesting thing on the Zags, AJ, because you actually lost, I think, uh, at least, what, would you say two small houses on Gonzaga the last few years? Yeah. I mean, smallish, you know, maybe yeah. Plano, like Texas. vacation houses. Pla- Plano, Texas type. <laughs> but first... There's no small houses in Plano, Texas. NC State. Well, not in the neighborhoods you would live in. <laughs> NC State, Creighton. Opened up five, Creighton. We got fives. There are two five and a halves out there. Best bet, Creighton minus Ooh. five. All right, let's, let's, get, let's get a little music in here. Let's get our gal going. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Buy up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. I can't lie. I found myself watching a blossom on YouTube recently. <laughs> <laughs> and it reminds me of a short story I was going to write once about a guy who was a, a, a frustrated artist who was ran the laugh tracks on a sitcom. And then he started doing like the subversive way of making them laugh like it. You know how Howard Stern used to have Jackie and they'd say like two died in the Alps and he'd, and go, play it. And he'd go, he, 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 like that. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, all right. NC State. I do not like this team, first of all. When they can get going on offense, it has to be through their big man. 6'9", 280 pounds, DJ Burns. He's a bowling ball down around the rim. He bullies his way around. You're not going to be able to do that against Creighton. Creighton has an elite defensive, or really an elite two-way big man in Ryan Kalkbrenner. Which I knew, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. You're not going to be able to pull him down off the block. And, and I, I really think he's the best two-way big in the country. I believe Creighton had Final Four upside in the preseason. I'm not backing away from them. If you take away— Was that a humble brag? No. I mean, it's like it's just a they're a six brag. seed. That's what I'm saying. You're saying that you thought they were great, and you still think they're great. I still, I still, think, I still think they're underrated. All right, all right. Uh, they, they had a six-game losing streak— Mid-season, three of those games they were without Kalkbrenner with a non-COVID injury or illness, which, from the sounds of it, turned out to be mono. So the first, oh, well, that might never. I mean, Sam Darnold didn't recover no. from that. Sam Darnold's soft. <laughs> the three games that they lost were be- right before the three games he missed. Kalkbrenner did not play well. So you're saying Kalkbrenner? Kalkbrenner had a type of STD. I, 
I don't know how he got it. I mean, it. My, how, it's called the kissing disease. Okay, then it's a, a KTD. Mm. Continue. Uh, I, <laughs> I think if you take out that six-game set, you're looking at a three-seed in Creighton or a two-seed. Like, this is one of the better teams in the country. NC State, the best thing about their offense is they don't turn it over. Creighton is bottom 10 in turnovers forced anyway. They don't care if you turn it over. They're going to force you to take a bad shot. NC State will take plenty of bad shots. This is about as good of a six seed as you will ever see. I think they handle this North Carolina State team with ease. I like that handicap, first of all. I like he's on a favorite. I, I think these favorites are, are are so deflated that there's got to be value in some of them. What's your thoughts? We but we have this conversation every year, uh-huh. and you're right. There has to be there has to be value in some of them, and that only 46 percent of them are going to cover. And I just got to stay away because I can never pick the right ones in these circumstances. But how sure are we? I mean, you're saying you're throwing that 46 percent number around. What, what are we talking? I'm talking about games that the favorites are the higher seed that's favored or the better seed, the higher seed that's favored by let's say f- five points or less. Like what are what's those records? I'm not saying I every still less than 50%. How do you know that? It because Kenzie, take a gander at that. Sure. Give me year by year but I guess we won't know the seeds, but we'll just see. I don't know it. I, it's just likely. Oh, so now we're oh we're checking it out. So he's backing away. Yeah, there you go. You're All right. right. Yes. So, but either way, let's get. To but one. I agree with everything that AJ said. I, NC State stinks and create. Although I do, I marvel at the fact that somehow a six nine guy was described as a bowling ball. I don't think in the history of the world I've ever heard that before. Have you seen this guy? Well, I just no. I think what you're trying to get at is that you want to incorporate cock and ball in your <laughs> handicap of this game. Wow. Now, here's what I would say. Uh, it sounds gross coming from him, doesn't it? Yeah, it's really it's, creepy. It's, it's very uncomfortable. It just doesn't hit the same. Yeah. Hmm. Now, let me try a little. <laughs> now, I will say, I will say this. And, and Scott, you're a radio aficionado. Is that fair to say? Sure. If there was a host that you thought, you know, he's authentic. Like, there's something about him. Relatable. Yeah. If somehow someone said Cockbringer and he ignored it. You could not possibly think that guy was authentic anymore. Completely agree. Exactly. There has to be at least a subtle chuckle. <laughs> exactly. A smirk. We did more than that, but still. Because I'm very authentic. I like it, AJ. I don't care what Fez says. You want to book me? Let's get to market. Maybe Fez wants to book it. Fives. There's five and a half at minus 105. Nah, so it's five. All right. How does yeah. this sound? I'll give because because you're the one being not forced, but you're you're not getting to choose your spots here. Give me minus one hundred five, and I'll lay five. Nah, because I hate NC State. You know what's funny? He won't bet against you, even with Vig, but he won't give you the thumbs up. Yeah, that's demented, is it? My best bet. He just instantly shit on it. But then he won't want to back it up with money. Mm. Fez, mm. I was wussy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got thrown off by all those words in the handicap. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought that was a good one. Well, you thought he was too wordy? No, he's saying Kalkbrenner. Oh, <laughs> that, that distracted you. <laughs> Got caulk on the Brenner. See, we don't add it. I would like to add it that, but we don't. Okay. I just want the last and the 10 spread seconds small, of my life back. The, sp- the spread's small, only five to five and a half. All right, we are going to add it. No. <laughs> All right, you got. Can you bring this back, Scott? You got anything? Uh, just the, the last time the NC State won a tournament game, it was no, no, 2015. <laughs> All right, next game. So that's your best bet, but that's it won't, my best it bet. won't be a um, possible upset because it's a favor. 
Cal Santa Barbara, Baylor. Baylor favored by 11 at the open. Ten and a half. Lean Santa Barbara plus ten and a half, like over 143. Uh, Santa Barbara won the Big West. One, one of, it's, a, it's a better conference than usual. They're a physical team with good size, which is important against Baylor. They're not going to be overwhelmed by Baylor's athletes. Baylor is bad defensively. I never thought I'd find myself saying that about a Scott Drew team. They're bad defensively. Their average defensive metric over the last three years was 13 in the, over a three-year span. They're 104th in deficient, defensive efficiency this year. They are particularly weak at the rim. 314th in two-point percentage allowed. That's where Santa Barbara thrives. This is a big team, a burly team. They get to the rim. They, they're top 25 in two-point percentage offensively. Baylor, typically a team that thrives on the glass. The last two games, they got beat 80-41 to 41 on the glass. They were hapless against Iowa State, who is a, a small, not really a, a super physical team. I think Baylor's just running out of steam as the season goes on. This is a bad matchup for them. So that's They're- interesting, the trend line. Because if I see Baylor after all that great defense over three years playing this bad, my thought is that coach is going to be focused on nothing but defense. You don't see a better trend line on the day. I don't. Okay. But why don't you like the dog here? Uh, I, I generally do. I, I, don't, I don't like getting 10.5 when there was 11. Jesus, you don't mind taking on 10 and a half when it's 14. Yeah. You can get 11. Uh, Caesars has an 11. I, 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 I would say it's a, a pizza bet for sure on the, on the dog. Uh, the, one, the, the irony is you just took Montana State 8 and a half that was 10 and a half. Though. I just exactly. think uh, all I'm saying is I think there's a better bet here, you know so what, I prefer you know the over. Is. Well, but they're not mutually exclusive. No, you're right. Here's why I think it is. You can't believe Baylor is going to keep up like this, and that's what happens. Like there's there's teams that are supposed to be winning that lose. Like look at you said it earlier, Tampa Bay. All year people were waiting for the other shoe to drop. Them never happened. Brady yeah. stinks. Sometimes, well, no, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't Brady. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was fine. Yeah. But all right, so you like the over more? I do. Okay. Here's a note on the over. UC Santa Barbara has hit the over in 14 of their last 16 games. Wow. All right. All right, TCU plays the winner of Arizona State, Nevada. We talked about that, the travel, the altitude. We've talked it through, I think. And I think there's the distinction, just to summarize again, if it's Nevada, it's not a disadvantage for Nevada in altitude. It's a big disadvantage if it's sea level Arizona State. I assume Arizona State's close to sea level. I might be wrong. Yeah, I mean, you know. They are, but Arizona State plays that mountain trip every year, so maybe they've got an advantage over TCU. Oh, so Fez was wrong, was he? The tournaments, last 10, that's a nice round number. Favorites of five and a half or smaller are plus .01 ATS margin. So it's it's actually slightly biased towards the favorites. Now, to be fair, you're <laughs> right. You're right. I was wrong because I convincingly said, I'm sure that they uh-huh. – however, they, they are plus one over 500. The dogs are. Yeah, but I thought we always took ATS margin more important than the vagaries of a few covers here. It's plus .01. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So definitively and objectively better. I don't recall McKenzie ever going to two decimal points. Well, that's on why that he's statistic. my guy. That's why he's <laughs> In the my history guy. History of pregame research. <laughs> he, he, he might be. Up, he might be back on the mic before we know it. With like one. <laughs> no, that's no. strong. Point oh one. That's, that's what I said. Yeah. That's good work, McKenzie. Keep it up. <laughs> Rock on, McKenzie. All right. <laughs> but I was wrong because I was convinced that they would be good. And it's not good. It's fifty. That is 50, the 50. actual story. Yes. All right. Last game, Grand Canyon. 
They've been in a hole. (laughs) I just made that up. Gonzaga, the line opened at 17. So this is really interesting because South Point and DraftKings have 15 and a half. Circa's got 16. Mm -hmm. Bookmaker, 16 and a half. Wow. Now that's that is interesting because those are sharp the sharpers tend towards the mm-hmm. favorite though. Yeah. Way. Um what I was gonna tell you, AJ, I think it's called the three man weave. They got a pretty respected site. Mm-hmm. Uh I was listening to something from them and they gave their final four. And crazily, and I'm gonna pull it up here as you talk, it was like three of the four had Gonzaga in the final four. I have Gonzaga in my final four. I have Gonzaga I have, as my champion. I have Gonzaga in my final four. <laughs> They're my Let champ. me see that right now, Fez. Let me see. Now, he he, he rifles through like six different ones. <laughs> you have Xavier? Oh, it's Texas. Okay, all right. Not Xavier. Fez does have it. I don't understand this. The West is supposed to... Thank you, Scott. Has The West is supposed to be the best uh, region, and they're seated what? Three. Okay. And Ken Palm has like five teams in the top 14 or something? Kansas and Connecticut are on the same. They collide together. Well, I, I, there's great teams here. There, someone's going to collide. Yeah. Yeah, but UCLA's wounded. So Gonzaga's the path for for Gonzaga. They got the break getting a, a, a UCLA team that's not what they were. Yeah, but that what's the line? Good right, Kansas, Gonzaga in the, in the lead eight. What's the line? Mm, looks like. Well, I'm not saying just read Ken Palm. You think two Kansas? Yeah. I disagree. What do you think? Well, tell us. I think it's a pick. Wow. So you here's the I, Ken Palm. Oh. Ken Palm says Gonzaga by two. All right. So let's think about this a second. So Fez just pressed the green button. The only way you said pick, you said two. The only way to say one is so one's a push. Yep. And, and, and then if it ends up being one and a half or more, you win. And if it's less than one, you win. Uh, and. I'll let you guys decide, but I mean, typically we bet three, but this isn't a real bet. So if you want to go, you want to go uh, two hundred on it. That works. Is that, is that sure? Work? All right, write that down, bookie. Write that, transcribe that down for us. <laughs> All right, boy. I tell you this, I kind of like. Well, I don't like Fez's side of this bet just because the way it fell. What are, what are the odds of Kansas to win the tournament versus Gonzaga? Well, I tell you this, Gonzaga. If if Gonzaga isn't better. Then I like Kansas a ton in this bet because Gonzaga has a much easier path, as you said. Kansas so, is twelve to one. Gonzaga fourteen to one. Yeah, I think you're so right because if they were the same, you would say, "Well, who has the tougher path?" Kansas has the tougher path by far. But UCLA is ten to one, so they're even and, higher. And than, a week ago, yeah. Kansas was eight to one, and Gonzaga was eighteen to one. Mm-hmm. The thought on these two teams are merging. Like they, yeah. But the assumption is they're both going to be winning to get to that point, or yeah, they're both going to get bumped in their power ratings because they're both going to have to be quality opponents. Yeah, Gonzaga has to. And by the way, if they don't face each other, there's no no bet. It doesn't matter who wins. If one gets there and one doesn't, that's not the bet. Yep. Continue. Uh, I lean to the Zags here. I like over one fifty-five and a half. Grand Canyon went on a crazy shooting run. To win I the West, you said they cratered. No, oh, yeah. they shot forty-five of ninety-three from three over four games in the WAC tournament. But overall, they just don't match up well here against Gonzaga. They don't have any rim offense, which is Zaga's weakness defensively. Zaga's, Gonzaga's, the Zags, 
and they turn the ball over a ton, which is the worst thing you can do against Gonzaga, who wants to get out in transition and run. This is also a massive jump in competition for the Antelopes. They didn't play a Power 6 opponent all season. Not that Gonzaga is a Power 6 opponent, but you get the point. The best team they played this year was Nevada, literally the last team to get into the tournament, and they beat Grand Canyon by 13. Grand Canyon is like... Right, so, obviously, I mean, here's the thing. Obviously... Gonzaga is better, mm-hmm. right? When you're laying 17, you're better. There's not many threes laying 17, right? So this is a premium line. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying, like, the question is, what what does Ken Palm say? That's why it's a lean for me. Ken Palm makes this game 12. Because I, I'm, not, because I'm not laying it's, it's, 15 how and a half. Lay, how, how can you lay 15 and a half? Because of the total. The total is 157 instead of 134, so the game's going to have 20% more scoring. <sighs> But here's the thing, Ken Palm, it's one thing to do the math on it that doesn't account for that, but Ken Palm has projections. Yeah. When it's, so what's the projection on the matchup? Is 85 to 72, 100. Yeah, he keeps all that. Oh, in, okay. Yeah. The fact that sharp books are so strongly, and, and Scott, maybe read that to us again if you can. Yeah, so South Point, DraftKings, Caesars at 15 and a half. All right, so that's the market. Yeah, Circa... Has it at 16. All right, so a half a point. Bookmaker has it at 16 and a half. Now, how often, Fez, you see Bookmaker a point above the market? That That's a statement right it there. It really is. Very, very rarely. And Bookmaker has the total at 156 and a half, which is a half point higher than the market. Now, that's fascinating. So the assumption is it's going to be higher score. It looks like they think Zags are going to run it out. Yeah, the higher scoring it is, the, the more likely that Gonzaga blows them out. Yeah, but I, I think that it's like, it, yeah, if it... I think let's do it in reverse, is if Zags blow him out, it's going to be high scoring, which I think that's the driver here is the real position is they think the Zags are going to keep. For some reason, maybe there's some inside info about they got a vendetta against Grand Can or why would they want to run it up? The, the Zags have a they vendetta against, against everyone. They, they, they're they they're like... But wouldn't that be building the South Point line and everything? It, sh- it, sh- it should be, but like be, be careful if you're live wagering. Like When a team gets up 16, sometimes they run clock. The Zags never run clock. So, for example, mm-hmm. there was there's a team called Chicago State who mm-hmm. is an independent. They're not in a league at all. <laughs> After Gonzaga beat St. Mary's in the last WCC regular season game and basically clinched a split of the, the first place in the conference... They had this random non-conference game against Chicago State that they've scheduled before the WCC tournament. Mm-hmm. Gonzaga won that game 104 to 65. They had no reason, to, like it didn't affect their their match, like it wasn't going to affect their seating in the conference. It affected nothing. Gonzaga had 40 at halftime. They finished with over 100. You don't see that every day. <laughs> so, so do they ever ask the coach like, why? Like, is he a bully? Why are you a bully? I mean, no one questions got, him because he's winning at Gonzaga. It doesn't matter. It's like it, it seems like that. It, I don't know what what city is Gonzaga in? Spokane, Spokane Washington. Washington. Yeah. Do they even have a newspaper up there? <laughs> I don't think so. Why are you against Washington, dude? <laughs> can I give out a best bet on this? Yes, you can. Welcome. Uh, Gonzaga team total over 86 and a half minus 125. Love it. Gonzaga averages 87 and a half this season. So you're giving me a point under their season average in a game that they're 16 point favorites in that's expected to be a blowout. I'll take over 86 and a half. Who was the, the team that held the Zags down? You, had, you quoted them earlier to like 70 points. Remember? Oh, that was uh, Kent State. Kent State, yeah, the crumb, the crumb pump team that held this team to, se- to, to 70. Very difficult to do. 
Kent State holding them is one thing. This team has no chance of doing that. I like I like this play. It looks ultra square, but I like it. All right, so I got McKenzie looking. What's the delta on the expected points of Zags when they're double digit favorites versus opponents? Let's see where where the where the over not the overlay, but the overage is. Do they score more? Does the opponent score less? However that goes. All right, let's review. And we got the real best bat kind of thing going on here. Now, one of our goals is we're going to come up with three upset picks for the bracket pickers. I think we agree right now, Drake right now is certainly one of them. Would you agree with that, AJ? Yep. And VCU is another. I think so. Now, amongst the... uh, uh, I don't think you have any other likes on underdogs that are less than double digits. Well, I guess you have an eight and a half. uh, Montana State. Montana State. So I guess if we're looking to get bold, it would be that one. I personally would make the following statement. I think USC should be pick them at worst against Michigan State. I agree completely. And to me, you got Izzo. You know a lot of the bracket pickers are going to love Izzo. I think there's real value going fate, you know, contrarian on USC. I agree. Anyone disagree with that? No, I have them in my, my bracket. Awesome. USC. All right, so our three upsets to consider, prospective upsets, Drake, VCU, and USC. Now, yesterday we had three, and let's see here. Well, you should have listened to the pod. Furman. Uh-huh. It was Furman over Virginia. Okay. That's the four three uh, four thirteen in the south. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also... Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts over Duke, 12-5 in the east. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, if Earl Roberts plays Cockbringer, I'm canceling. <laughs> I'm canceling the pod. Uh, was it was Boise Northwestern our third one yesterday? Boise State is the ten over the seven Northwestern in the West. Yes, no right. fans objected to that. I remember. Okay, and we got a bet going. A also, bet. do we count the nines over the eights? Because yeah. we have Auburn the nine over the eight Iowa. But Auburn, uh, well, Auburn's favored, favored though. Okay, West Virginia the nine over the eight. Maryland also favored. Yeah, okay. I good for the brackets, too. but yeah. Okay, well I'm just saying. For yeah, the, yeah. The, bracket the three, the official ones we picked: it yes. was Furman, Oral Roberts, and Boise. Mm-hmm. And today we have our three, and we got Drake, uh-huh. BCU, and USC. Okay, now we're gonna do our regional champions based upon the odds, as in like these are bets we like. First though, AJ, let's talk. You talked about a one eight or one eight or nine already, and that was Memphis against Michigan State. Give me a one four that if it happens, if it goes to uh seed, if it follows seeding, that you think there might be an interesting matchup. I like the matchup for Kansas if they if they get to UConn. I, I think Kansas matches up well with UConn because UConn is shaky with ball handling. They turn the ball over quite a bit. Kansas doesn't really have a set offense. They need transition offense to score. If UConn turns it over against Kansas, it can be it'd be bad news for them. So I, I like that matchup for for the Jayhawks. And what would you guess the line would be in that one? It, close to a pick. Okay, that's interesting. Now, twos and threes can be in the uh, what Elite Eight, right? Yeah, so, and the one that I've got well, circled I guess here the Sweet Sixteen is Gonzaga and UCLA. I I like Gonzaga's matchup against UCLA. We talked yesterday about UCLA having an injury to Jalen Clark, who is their best wing defender. That would mean that there's no one to guard Julian Strother, who is the elite wing that Gonzaga runs out there. They would have no answer for him whatsoever. They already really kind of lack the size to stop Drew Timmy, so now you're you're stacking problems for UCLA's defense uh, against Gonzaga. Before we go to our regional picks, I think sincerely, a little applause for AJ. This was an excellent performance. I mean, we lean on you for college basketball. 
I'm useless for the next several months. No, no, MMA. Okay. <laughs> when do we talk MMA on this pod? We will. Uh, XFL? Aren't you doing uh, XFL? I'm trying, yeah. Right. I, Fez, you got to tutor him now that this is going to be over. So Once we get the Sweet 16, it's easy. Yeah. Yeah, we'll cover it here, but you know. We'll start next next week. It starts on Tuesday, right? Yes. All right. Sounds good. Let's do the regionals. So let's get our odds up. Oh, by the way, let's look at Gonzaga one more time here. So when they are 10-point favorites or more, they've scored 89.9 points per game, and that's 1.8 points more than Vegas' expectations. So they not only score a lot, it's more than even expected. Come on. So. Who wants a piece of this? Let's go. 86 and a half. I, I, I endorsed it. I like your play. <laughs> Fed says, with no money, I endorse it. All right, who's got the regional odds in front of them? I got them. All right, so let's look at – well, since you're going to be leading the way, AJ, which uh, region you want to start with? Uh, let's start in the east. All right. Give us the couple of favorites. The east region, Purdue is your favorite, plus 220. Marquette, the two seed, is plus 400. Tennessee, plus 425. Duke, plus 750. Okay, for the number of people that are saying Duke in the regional or in the final four, that's a big juicy number to me. That's what I was going to say. Like, do you want my pick to win the region or my the, who, I, who the best value what do you is? Think I want. We're in Vegas. What do you, you think? You want to know who the best value is? Yeah. No, give me the lesser value. No, go ahead. The best value is on Duke. Like, I, I think. And the fact that you didn't even mention Kansas State, the three seed didn't get mentioned in the top four teams in the odds They're should tell you to something. One, it looks like. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that number on Duke sounds pretty juicy. I too am on Duke. I think you're, I, I have Marquette as my winner in this region. I think four to one is plenty. I think that both <laughs> these might be a good bet. Because, I mean, we don't believe in Purdue. No. And they have a death matchup in round two. And and we don't believe in Kansas State. What's great about we betting don't believe both, in Tennessee. What's great about betting both Duke and Marquette is that they can match up only in the regional final. I do not like in the Sweet Sixteen. It, it's Ooh. very rare that you can find value in there. Usually, both the same usually, side of the bracket. Yes, yeah. usually when you yes. So like this we isn't can, even shop. This is at one place. Yeah. Right? yeah. All right. That's pretty. Yeah. It's, let's it's go, pretty close let's to go where one everyone un, else is. Yeah, but let's yeah. go one unit on Duke. One unit on Marquette. So the theory is if Marquette wins, we're going to win three units, yep. plus 400 minus 100. And if Duke wins, we win what plus, is it six and a half? Yes, yeah, it's five and a half units then. I think, I think that's a fantastic I mean, I'm bet. saying but we have the $100 that we lose automatically. I think it's plus, it was a plus 750. Plus 750. Oh, okay, yeah. wow. I think it's a fantastic bet. All right. All right. AJ, good job. <laughs> next, where are we at going next? South region. Alabama plus 170, Arizona plus 425, Baylor plus 550, Creighton plus 750, and I know where AJ's going. Oh, I'll say this. Anywhere but Bama, I don't like it. Yeah, Creighton plus 750 is the value here. <laughs> a six seed no, think... at plus 750, like because again, this is a six seed who analytically is a three or a four seed. That I Bama, th- but Bama's good. How's this sound, Fez? Let's 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 craft something here, like an like one of those uh, those advanced kind of uh, what was those CDOs they, that they brought the economy down with. We we won't do that necessarily, but um, <laughs> let's find a way. If Bama wins, we break even, and then then we got the the the, the juice or the the uh, what we got, the icing is on. Well, the, Bama's plus one twenty. Okay. So you have to put a what a well, plus one seventy Bama. Plus what, what are the okay. what? Time out. What what are the Creighton odds again? 750. All right. All right. Here's the problem I have with Creighton. Mm-hmm. They're a six seed. All right. Who's going to be favored? Creighton, they're going to be playing uh, Baylor. Who's favored? Creighton. Really? By what? One? 
One or two. All right. All right. And then what's the then they got to play Arizona. Who's favored? Now here's the thing. Obviously, we're batting into futures, understanding mechanical parlays right. could be better, but we're trying to figure out the best way to approach it like a normal human, and then we can... If I, I guess way, I guess to simplify where I'm going is that yeah. I think it's a leap of faith to say, at best, Creighton should be like, pick them in their last three games. One half times a half times a half is a one-eighth chance, and they got to win their first round. So okay, it so seems well, inadequate in the, in to the, me. In the second round, what would you say the projected line is, AJ? Against uh, Baylor. Baylor. Against Baylor, uh, I'd be I'd say Creighton minus one. All right, and then who would they likely play in the next game? Uh, Arizona. Arizona. And what would the line be? Arizona minus one and a half. All right, so Fez is right. He's saying it's three coin flips if they get to the second round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Bama's the way to go, man. I, mean, I, I just say bet Bama. If I, you had to make a bet. Bama will be a five-point favorite over everybody in the in – the, uh, I mean, from what I saw, it seems like they can they, – they, Came together around that issue. They right? get a buy into. They only have to win two games. They're going. They're in Birmingham. They're not losing in Birmingham to an eight nine seed. I mean, they could, but in that eight nine seed though, Maryland, West Virginia, and both, especially West Virginia, has got this rep. But I don't think B- Bama's having any trouble against the press. No. Yeah, I I like Bama. Now listen, you're the boss here. I like Bama to win the region too. Okay. I was looking for the best payout, best value. But best value means that they have a better chance to win than their payout. But it's hard that the both of them could. So, like, what do you think the odds really are? Do of- I think Creighton can win this one out of seven times? Yes. Okay. And do you think Bama can win? Uh, what plus one seventy divided by two seventy? Forty percent. Yeah. Are they going to win forty percent of the time? I think they win fifty. Yeah. Some percent it, of the time. It, it More sure, than that. It sure feels like they can win almost half. Doesn't it, yeah. It? All right. I vote ba- Bama. I vote Alabama. Is that okay? Fine with me. All right, Bama it is. And if you want more action, Creighton's an option, but not for me. All right, Bama. Okay, next. Midwest. Houston plus 160. We'll end the conversation there. Uh, Texas plus 300. Xavier 7 to 1. Iowa State 10 to 1. Now, I'm hearing a lot of love for Texas. That's my. That would be my choice. That's my choice. But here's the thing. Houston, I'm hearing a lot of love for Houston. This is like, Deserve the, it. This is like the biggest dichotomy I've seen where, like, uh, CBS, I don't know if it's CBS, it's called the uh, Field of 68, mm-hmm. and they had, a, it was a Gottlieb one, and they, that I was saying yesterday he was eating in between. Yeah, yeah. He, he was, um, or, or they, they gave their final four, and it was like three of the four had, um, let me think about this, oh, had Texas. Mm. And I that, also think that shows, a lot of shows maybe try and be cute, and it's maybe seems square to pick the overall favorite in the whole tournament to win it all. So you want to be different, and you don't want to say the favorite's mm-hmm. going to win, so let's try and like, be cute well, and pick well, somebody. I think it's important to, to remember that Texas just won the de facto best conference in the country. Sure. Like, they beat the shit out of Kansas in the championship. But game. I'll tell like, you what, if it gets down to the regional final, it's Houston against Texas. And for all the great job, what's his name? Rodney something? Rodney the, Terry. For all the great job he did taking over for Chris Beard, he is outcoached by Kelvin Sampson in that game. Sure. Well, here's the other I side think. of that. Texas has better players than Houston. Here's what I think. Here's what I think. This is beautiful. You guys can cross bat each other. Is so the current number at DraftKings is Houston plus one sixty, Texas three to one. All right, so you book him a hundred to win one sixty, right? Oh, yep. you like Texas? I like Texas. Hundred wins three. You got, and if neither wins, there's no bet. Book it. Beautiful. All right, well, that's the way we settle arguments here. I right, personally, who do you like? I like Houston, and and the reason being, I think this Big Twelve. I'll do the lo- same bet with you. I'll take Texas. You like Texas? Yeah. yeah. All right, let's do it. 
All right, so uh, I guess we have the same exact thing, same yeah. All right. But we got to go at least $200. Yeah, yeah, we'll go $200. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll let the juniors do their thing. I mean, that's <laughs> I like it. I like the action. Because um, now I think about it, it was the three-man weave guys that all liked Houston. So I, in general, it's funny. You would think guys that used to play college back, like these, you know. Can't score. Houston can't score. Hmm. Can't shoot. No, oh, neither can Texas. True. Well, <laughs> All right, we got one Under. more. We got one more left. Yeah, the West Region. UCLA is the favorite, plus two seventy five. Kansas UCLA is the favorite. Yep, Kansas plus three fifty. Gonzaga four to one. UConn four to one. Okay, I tell you, I know you like Zags. I guess we got to go with them, but I think Connecticut has value too. You just don't think that you think the matchup's a problem against Kansas. I do. I agree with that. All right, then yeah, I, 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 I think, think about this. No, the same things I said about the matchup with with Kansas, like Kansas thrives in transition. Mm-hmm. So does Gonzaga. So they'd have to UConn would have to beat that flaw twice. Okay, okay, let's go. Zach. I got to tell you something. I don't like futures generally. I think we have a good portfolio here. I think we have a fantastic portfolio. And what I would say is, in the conference that we all disagreed in, you can obviously choose who you want, but for our official show picks there won't be a pick in that conference so we have du- we doubled up in the first one mm-hmm. we have four conference bets uh, po- regional, regional bets yeah. um you want to give those again yeah so our four regional bets are Gonzaga 4 to 1 to win the west mm-hmm. we have Alabama plus 170 to win the south mm-hmm. and in the east region we have Marquette at 4 to 1 and Duke at plus 750 mhm i like it and that's one you know on each. So All right, boys, right. that was a good show. It was a good uh, two shows. AJ again, Thank great you. stuff. Remember, you can get AJ stuff, pregame.com, buy picks. We gave you a coupon for that earlier. In fact, let's give it again. And we got, uh, as you heard at the beginning probably, we got a new coupon code also. But let's talk about the brackets. Remember, it's going to be my bracket, but I'm going to give you two of them. And I just got two words, code word Monte Carlo. And we're getting AJ's bracket. Now, don't feel bad about AJ being refusing to go heads up with me, all right? It's a coincidence, but you can benefit from his expertise, mine, all for $64, except you get $60 off that. That means it's four. And you know what? You get $10, $10, $10, $10. So $4 buys you 40 of discounts at various stages of the tournament. Plus, you want to get the premium, premium stuff. Fez, maybe. Okay, maybe. AJ, for sure, good fella. Last 26 games, he's 22-4. and four. Can you believe that? He's on a 22-4 and four run. He's up 43 units this season. Griffin Warner, you heard from him today, 7-0 and run. Up 38 units only on the season, only. Ha-ha. Andre Gomes, out of Portugal. That's true. 24-8 run. Up he thir- lives there now? I think so. He always has. Wow. Yeah. Up 33 units. Wow. He's he, he he's like somewhere in like Monaco or something. I don't know what what's over or like Monte Carlo or something. What what Monte Carlo Fez? It's all coming around. Oh my gosh! Isn't Monte that Monte Carlo simulation? <laughs> Used it in two different ways in the same like block. That's impressive. Now, here's the coupon for this dance twenty four. Now does that, does that mean twenty four hours? Maybe, but it means twenty four dollars off. Use coupon code dance twenty four. And that's an access to all of March Madness, regular 149. You get it for 125. Let's see, 149. Yep. Fez, this is a great couple of shows. Again, AJ, great. Take us home. Hey. Hey.
Let's be careful out there. It's madness, baby. 